Hey, this is Ed Tannant, and you're listening to the Rattic Control Podcast. I'm back. It's been a lengthy amount of time since I've last put out a podcast, and even lengthier amount of time since I recorded a podcast, but I thought I might as well uh, try it again. My life has been pretty hectic over the past couple of months slash years that I haven't been doing this, uh, and I've kind of had a little bit of burnout on how much effort goes into these podcasts, um, particularly the longer ones and the ones with music, um, they can kind of take quite a while. This podcast is around two hours long and it took quite a long time to edit. That might mean in the future that I'll be doing shorter podcasts to try and like alleviate that workload. But there we go. Um, I've also bought a fancy new bit of kit, which means I can record more than one person at the same time. So, you know, I mean, like I can interview more than one person at the same time. So expect uh, a couple more interviews to come in that sense but enough about me let's get on to the podcast this week i interviewed luke Priestley, who works for um beers over tears or kind of runs beers over tears as well as pure festival and stereo brain records he's also known as stereo brain um he djs as well in metros every week um he runs beers over tears and stereo brain records with his business partner Callum mckendrick and yeah, we kind of had quite a lengthy chat. Um, he got in touch because he wanted to start promoting the releases from the record label. Uh, we kind of talk about whether or not we can talk about the things we talk about. And it turns out, because it took me so long to edit this podcast, that all of those things have been announced anyway. So there's no exclusives here. It's just information that's already out there. So that's good. What I've done previously with podcasts with non-musicians who I haven't recorded any music with, I've dropped in uh, clips of, of the music that we're talking about um you can check out the description of this podcast which is either you know wherever you have the description podcast or my facebook and see what tracks i'm playing i've also kind of snuck in a few clips that i uh, haven't been on the playlist which i thought would be quite funny just a just a bit surprised and yeah the other thing about this podcast is um i'm gonna give you a heads up and a content warning that uh, we do talk about mental health in some depth with good reason and our conversation covers depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder and suicide. So just a heads up about that if you're sensitive to any of those subjects. But, you know, the majority of our conversation was quite lighthearted, interesting. Um, thanks for Luke for doing this and yeah, enjoy the podcast. I think the first podcast it was like 45 minutes <laughs> and then the next thing I know they're like getting to an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Like I think the longest one I did was like two and a half, almost three hours. Yeah. And then I was like, but now I can't make them shorter because like... <laughs> yeah, you've, you've committed. <laughs> I've got to a certain point. It was like when I used to do, um, I used to do photography, like I'd be like, oh, I can't just take 40 photos this week. I've got to take, you know, 200 <laughs> it was like I, wish really... every, I wish every photographer had that sort of mentality yeah oh. well it was kind of like i can't like especially when i was doing like the club photography stuff you like you yeah. can't come back the next week with less photos than you had the previous week yeah and unless, then, so unless, you're, unless you're already... the club is quite significantly quieter yeah but then it looks bad because you're like then someone go oh there's less photos this week maybe it wasn't as busy oh, so it's kind of this it's eternal paradox you find yourself in going oh. i'm always catching up on myself i think that's kind of the same with with everything you do like you're always going i can do better than that oh yeah I, literally this week i've just been like trying to catch up with everything and I, i've not even been away i've just been yeah just recently got a second job and it's just like i feel like i'm constantly like 
on time with everything yeah but only just <laughs> getting on time with everything usually means i'm up till like three four in the morning oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone said to me the other sleep day is, sleep is for the like, week <laughs> yeah i think someone was saying to me the other day oh yeah i just expect you to be you know up at all hours now and i'm like oh no if i've become that person like because i work so much and it's like i'm always working i, I like work. that because obviously at the weekends i'm i'm up till 4 a.m anyway yeah I'm oh you do yeah, yeah so yeah, like course. To be fair, the weekend's the best time to contact me. It's probably about 9pm. Yeah. Because, like, I've woken up, I've done it, I've eaten, yeah. and I'm, I'm about an hour before I go to work, so I I've got an hour free. I find my most productive times are 10pm to 3am, which is really unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you, like, you're trying to hold a sort of office job, which I sometimes have, and it's like... I'm not productive, like, between 10 and See, I, I, I can do, like, if I get up early, I'm, like, productive till, like, 1pm, and then and I've got you, nothing yeah. for the rest of the day. <laughs> and then if sleep. I wait, and then if I'm, like, up the night, uh, late the night before and I'm up at 1pm, I'm not productive until, like, 8 or 9. And But it's the it's the paradox you find yourself in, in kind of the, the industry where, you know, everything is kind of during the evening. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're, uh, I saw something about the um, Extinction Rebellion thing um, recently, and... Uh, people just assuming that people who were taking part in Extinction Rebellion during the day were unemployed. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a kind of really skewed perspective because loads of people don't work between oh, nine and like, five. Especially young people as well. Like most of the people who I yeah. know from uni and stuff or, or like not even that, just know from like nights out and mm -hmm. things like that. They all they all work either bar jobs mm -hmm. or, or like they're working call centres where they only work like four days a week and mm -hmm. the other three they've got all day off. Yeah. And like, I think certainly a slightly older generation forget that it's not that easy these days to just hold down a nine to five. Yeah. Like, I mean, the idea of, I think every time I had a nine to five job, it was hell for me. Because it was so unfamiliar. I live for the chaos. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 I you know, like, everyone's like, would you not want a, like, regular job where you work the same hours every day? And I'm like, nah, because it's not fun. Like, <laughs> I just love living, I mean, living in, like, I, th I feel like a lot of people don't sort of realise the whirlwind of, like, everything that I live in and somehow just keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like... Which, I feel like it's a lot of that, like that for everyone in the music industry. You just live in this little, like, whirlwind. There's in, like, this tiny little bubble that, like, people who aren't in the bubble don't really know what's happening. <laughs> They're just kind of like, oh, what's he doing up at yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning? And, you, and you're like... <laughs> How does this work? And they're like, oh, no. It's like a lot of people, like, you know, message me, like, really, like, questions I could have answered or knew about when I was, like, 14 or 15. And yeah. I'm like, this is really weird that I've been doing this for this long that it's like these questions that uh, people are still asking still exist, A, still exist, and B, are still getting asked. Yeah. Like, because I just, like, I just assume everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah, the, 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 one, <laughs> the one that really, like, um, weirded me out, like, a couple of weeks ago was this girl I worked with in Metro's. She, asked, she was like, oh, I need a bit of extra income, so I'm going to start promoting. <laughs> <laughs> And I just kind of just looked oh, at no. her and I was like, do you know how this works? And she was like, well, you seem to do all right. And I'm like, I give the impression that I'm doing all right yeah, and I'm having a good to. time because yeah. like, but you know, I've, I've every, every single promoter in, in, in the world has had big losses and every single show comes with a risk. Like, exactly. I know it's everything from your 80 capacity show to your sellout. 30 day tour there's always like 
issues. Something could go wrong, yeah. and you could lose a lot of money. Like, yeah. I mean, look at Boomtown this uh, not Boomtown, um, Boardmasters yeah, this year. Yeah, I was about to say, Boomtown was the, great. Uh, Boomtown was great, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Boardmasters this year, like, you know, it looked amazing, and then obviously it was a complete washout. Mm. Like, you never know what's going to happen. It's, well, and, and, like, the, one of the most famous ones in recent memory is the Michael Jackson thing. Yeah. Because that company, like, almost completely folded because of what happened with that, because they had invested so much time and money into it and then you know it didn't happen and yeah. it's kind of well what do they do now like with that kind of massive amount of money they have to give back and you know they you know businesses kind of uh it it's such a kind of weird <laughs> it, it's, yeah it's a very strange like industry to work in because there's like nothing is certain nothing is guaranteed all. nobody really knows what they're doing especially <laughs> i get Ask questions all the time by young musicians, young bands, and it's like if I had the answers, I wouldn't be here. I would be in London doing all that work. But I don't know. I don't think necessarily I would. But I think I know a lot of people who found the answers and then left. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think I think you can. I think very much you like you find your own answers and it puts you where you want to mm-hmm. be. Like yeah, I sort of like just threw myself into everything when I came to Cardiff and like learned on the fly. So you guess you kind of just find out what works for you and, like, I've come to the conclusion that I want to stay here and do everything here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some people might come here do or go to another city and do all the stuff and they, you know, well, I want to go here, I want to yeah. go here, I want to go here. So like, I think I reflect that because I've always liked Cardiff. I've kind of, I grew up here, I started my jobs here and, like, I've never really felt like I wanted to go anywhere else and even if I did, I'd be like... Uh, like lost because I'm so rooted in Cardiff yeah. and kind of know Cardiff so well now that I'd be like I'd go to another city or another like, so country start, you and have to start like, again yeah you, know. you have to learn learn everything over because things are different and mm. it's even you know the way live shows work are, are different like us talking to um, one of my friends recently and they were explaining to like how live shows work in Spain and it's different to the UK yeah. people's attitudes are different but I think it is even different in city to city like in Cardiff there's a Massive problem with people not buying their tickets until the last moment. Oh yeah, no, don't don't you know get me started on that. <laughs> Distress every single. I, I've I've had like shows nearly get pulled because we've not like we sold like like when I used to promote Goody Hue, we'd sell like two tickets, three tickets beforehand, yeah. and then just fifty people would turn up on the door. Yeah, and they like I'd get an email the day before like, you sure you want to do this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and it just work out. And like that's that's the really strange thing about Cardiff. But, I think. but even though that's kind of you can you can say that might happen it doesn't necessarily it doesn't always happen, happen. <laughs> oh trust me it doesn't always yeah happen. and it's like oh god like with the music awards is kind of one of these things that you know you would expect everyone goes to but still kind of really nail buying to kind of go <laughs> is there is anyone gonna even turn up to this <laughs> there's so much money invested in it and then like you're like oh no is it actually other gonna people happen? gonna come yeah yeah. We came, yeah, and had a lot of v- we had a lot of VKs. Did you? Did they uh, sell VKs? They, had, they had. Like, I went to the bar to get. Um, <laughs> so I was with my business partner Callum. Yeah, we were nominated for best local promoter. Mm-hmm. So we we were like, ah, oh, we'll we'll go we'll go have some beers. Mm-hmm. And I went to the bar to get us like two ciders and saw a big sign saying four VKs for twelve pound. And I was like, oh, go on then, <laughs> just come back to our seats holding four VKs. <laughs> that still seems like not a great deal. It's but not. It's <laughs> but but you know what, you know what it's like in like some music venues, the bar prices and that. So and 
justifiably so looking at the back end of a lot of music venues oh but, yeah exactly um <laughs> i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just like yeah four vks for 12 pounds it's an all right deal but <laughs> thankfully for for me i didn't have that issue because i've got right uh, when i do shows like that which is very nice <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's it's a privilege it's very rare so it's kind of when you when you can take advantage of rider it's kind of yeah awesome. like i've i've never really sort of i've never had a rider mm. i i got well I've had one, but I had to like force out of them. So I DJed um, 2000 Trees this year. Mm. It was signed disco. It was like the best experience of my entire life. My favorite DJ set of all time. Mm. And like I was already, I was already going to the festival. So I was just like, when I arrived, I was like, "Can I just have like a couple of cans just to mm. keep me going? I'm too poor to buy stuff at the bar." And they, they, yeah. they had to like go fish out some cans of piston head from somewhere for me. That seems ridiculous. Because like, you know that there's going to be a ton of rider in the in the back of the festival it, to be fair it was it was on like the last night of the oh, festival okay. oh, like, right. we know the, yeah. it mostly been drunk i believe yeah. um you 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 know what bands are like well, <laughs> and then again you know i remember there was a infamous year at soon festival it was 2013 and it was like the biggest soon there'd been, I think has been since. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy huge. And the amount of rider that was left over at the end of the weekend, this is four days of soon. Yeah. And there was still rider left over. Quite Jesus. a significant amount. And it was mostly cider. Bands, I found out bands just don't drink cider. Well, they, they but all, then some do. Some, and so, some and do. And they get pissed when you yeah, don't like. Like <laughs> some do, but most of them like will, will like I found any band that comes to Cardiff will always ask for Tiny Rebel beer, hands oh, down. Yeah, well, like they're like, great. yeah, Tiny Rebel. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's and, and I'm that's, like, we're like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's fine. Like we'll pay a bit extra just for the nice local yeah. beers and, yeah, and support your local scene. And yeah. then uh, um, we did Vukovi for Pua Festival this year, yeah. and they were just like, yeah, we just want a bottle of vodka, and I was like. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, there were there were some most nuts bands we put on. Like, absolutely lovely people, mm-hmm. um, but just mad and Scottish. Like, <laughs> and like, yeah. So we, we did them for the festival, and they were really lovely. Stuck around all day, watched all the bands, mm. which like when you've got someone headlining your festival, like means the fuck, like the absolute world. Yeah, that's amazing. Because like, you know, you're like, oh, we're, we're obviously paying you a lot more than these locals and you don't yeah. have to stick around. And they did. So it was really nice. And then, um, so I'm originally from Portsmouth and I was on my way to Great Escape the week after. Yeah. So I popped down to Portsmouth that week because they played in Southampton on the Tuesday yeah. night. Went to go see them and just like actually was able to enjoy it. Yeah. And ended up getting drunk with them after the show and like, yeah, just mad and Scottish. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, Scotland is from, you know, that's where the egg bomb was invented. I don't know if you know that. That's <laughs> like, Scotland always comes up with the best drinks and I'm sure there'll be one in the next 10 years that we'll yeah. all be drinking. It I, was, I just love all Scottish bands, to be honest. Yeah, like Scottish the... bands are pretty, pretty sweet. There was a thing recently where um, Six Music asks like, people what their favourite Welsh songs were. I don't know if you saw it. No, no. Oh, it oh was, was it all just stereophonics? It was, yeah, it was really depressing. It was like stereophonics, maybe a few Manix tracks, but mostly like uh, Design for Life and like the obvious ones. Rarely any Super Furries, like, but a bit. And then like Tom Jones and shit like oh, that. Jesus. And it's like, oh, Christ. Like, See, like, there's so many good Welsh bands. Like for me, like when I was growing up, I'm obviously not from Wales, but when I was growing up, like the Welsh band that I like absolutely love was Feeder. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what a band? Um, I love them. I'd, 
I can like I can care less about Seraphonics to be honest. My main yeah. my memory memory of them is like them soundtracking like Pez two thousand and eight. Yeah. Um but yeah, Feeder were the one for me and now like there's so many good Welsh bands out there and people just forget about them. Like you got all the noughties like early noughties emo bands for one. Yeah. Which oh, God, like yeah. Funeral for a Friend and Kids in Glass Houses yeah. and Blackout. And I feel like, you know, that's that's the age I grew up in and, and the music business I grew up in and it's like doesn't seem like people know they exist anymore unless you're from South Wales. And yeah. You, oh, I, I don't know. Like, because obviously I'm I'm not from Wales. I've grew up... Well, I didn't listen really to The Blackout when I was growing up, but my friends loved mm. The Blackout and, fu- and Funeral and Kids in Glass Houses. I actually went to see... Um, Blackout and Kids in Glass Houses like co-headline like a alcohol and drug free festival down in uh, Queen Elizabeth Country mm-hmm. Park. And that was nuts. I like didn't know either band. It was like yeah. the end. Very. It was like 2016, so like right to the end of when they were. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. 2015, but okay. Yeah, they, that was like my first sort of experience of of like the Welsh alt scene. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was so kind of prevalent. I think it was like 2004 to about 2010. Yeah. Possibly. That's that's the time I remember and it was it was great and it was really thriving and then got killed off in a matter of uh, it was really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's like I I kind of it's one of those things you black out your memory because it's just like oh I wish we could like there was that time that was really great but yeah. you know it's kind I of I think I think like especially with like the emo alternative stuff I think like there's a real potential for it to come back mm-hmm. like soon so you've got bands like Holding Absence and Dream State who are doing like some really really cool things but it, it also seems to me it's quite because of like the internet and I always bring this up because you can just get into a certain type of music or you can stretch your range it is feels quite niche whereas that kind of um, emo stuff back then was c- creeping into the mainstream yeah well I mean Funeral Friends, like first six singles were in the top four. Yeah, know, like but seven. You wouldn't, six. you wouldn't get that now with those those kinds of bands because there's so much going out there. But I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily like breaking the popularity of those bands. I think mm-hmm. it's more to do with I really like with the the way the charts is structured and the way streaming is involved with it. And I, I, I have a real like not stick up my ass, but I'm not, I'm not like Spotify's biggest fan in the world because mm. like whilst. You know, I think I personally think you should use Spotify in a certain way, which is the way I I personally try and use it, which is t- to use it to discover. Yeah, and then I will go out and I'll buy those CDs yeah. and I'll buy those vinyls or I'll go see those bands. I know a lot of people that still just have the same playlist that they've had for the last five years and just listen to the same thing on Spotify. I'm like, why are you paying for your subscription? <laughs> just you should, just like you could have just, just bought yeah. these albums. All these songs, put them on a playlist and listen to it for five years. You're you're literally wasting that ten pound a month. But do you think that's the majority of people? Or do you think that's it? I do. I I, th- I think it's like I sort of live in my own little bubble mm. with sort of the people I interact with about finding new music that aren't in the music scene is through metros. In metros, you don't get that many requests for new stuff. Stuff will come through, and like you'll mm. get like bits that will come through but most of it's from already established artists but isn't that just to do with the kind of the nightlife club culture that people just want to hear the familiar stuff and it's not really a kind of space for new stuff i i see i disagree with that massively i personally <laughs> i i think that club nights should be a space for new stuff and i like i it's something i like consistently try and do is like but the way i do it is like i'll play 
a like stone cold banger yeah yeah you know, like tribute by tenacious d yeah, yeah and then the next song will be so i want to do quite a lot is that and then i'll go straight into claudia by vukovi because it just it flows really well and it gives people a chance to hear something new and like yeah i feel like the more you play that sort of stuff more people will pick up on it um and more people will know that it's okay to ask for that sort of stuff yeah more people th- put I, their shazams up yeah exactly <laughs> but i also i just think that like i think people do listen to new music and i think people but in the nightclub situation they're almost scared to ask for it if that makes sense yeah i think it's... like people are like oh well i've only i can only ask the bangers because they're only going to play the bangers and they're already going to have the bangers yeah yeah and that like if someone comes up to me like yeah if someone comes up to me and asks for something like I really not not I don't even have to necessarily really like it or something something that like I know is like I've got my is on my radar and I've got it on my laptop. I'll be like, yeah, I'll play that. Yeah, I'll yeah, give yeah, it. Yeah. I'll give it a try. I'll give it yeah, a spin. Yeah. You know, because like you never know if you didn't try. Yeah. Um. My like not legacy, but like what I've done in metros is like every night since I started there, second to last time I've played the same song every All night, right. and it's like like nobody knew it when I started yeah. there it's like three years on like every every week like you got like the big group of like 20 people like singing at each other yeah, what song is it? Uh, Your Graduation by Modern Baseball oh okay I never thought that I oh, I would see the day where I just let you go let you walk away Yeah, it's like a big song for me in terms of like I just really love that band. So yeah. and like it's 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 a thing is it's a really really good song, yeah. and some people will just like especially at the end of the night when everyone's a bit pissed they'll they'll go along. Pissed in metros is kind of a bit of an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the end of a night in metros. I've seen the end of your night in metros before. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about we that. won't talk about that <laughs> i think uh, my my thing as well with working in metros like in the cardiff music scene is i find a lot of people like shit on it oh yeah and i, th- I like and i get that and like a lot especially the sort of people who are like five to ten years older than me in the music scene who I talk to I'm like oh yeah I do this 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 and I DJ at Metro it's like oh I remember Metro's mm. don't 18 year olds just go there and like I think people underestimate it it's been going for 25 years yeah there's a reason it's been going for 25 years and like yeah it's, it's my like big bugbear in the Cardiff music scene is I wish people like respected Metro's a bit more because actually like I've got a group of people we're all DJing there and we're like trying to do some really cool stuff and I feel like it goes under the radar oh, because of course. you got yeah. I think like, there's there's an overwhelming kind of stereotype about A metros itself and B the people who go to metros. Yeah, exactly. And like since I've started working there, there's definitely like a bigger variety of people coming there. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we get I like you know, a couple of years ago we were having the like you know, the guys from Himalayas are like coming in and drinking yeah. and like but then, you know, they move on to going to club because yeah. it's the cool place to go. <laughs> and, like, and I love club. I, I, I've had many good nights out in club, but, like, I feel, yeah, Metro's is very much under underestimated in the kind of music scene, I think. Mm. And, like, the impact it can have, like, a lot of, like, the people that come to our gigs come from me meeting yeah. with Metro's. And, like, people underestimate how much of, like, a culture and, like, yeah. interesting it's, place it's that is interesting about metros as well because it it only serves its purpose as a nightclub that's all it is yeah. whereas a lot three of, nights a week yeah and it's 
it's kind of uh, until you get to the more mainstream or mainstream i hate i don't know i don't know if that's the right word to use but you know like the more kind of saint mary street kind yeah of, this is this is going to make no sense to anyone who's not from cardiff <laughs> so you kind of have your main strip of of nightclubs and bars and stuff and i think i don't know if this statistic is still accurate but what from what i've heard cardiff has the most alcoholic premises or it's, alcohol it's licenses. The, it's the highest density of pubs and clubs in the uk I've heard in Europe. In Europe, yeah. oh, I don't know about you. I, I was told when I moved here, it was in the UK. Okay, so but it's 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 certainly it's alarming <laughs> how many places, and that's the that there's a problem with that as well, where you can get kicked out of one place and just go like literally roll yourself into the next place because <laughs> yeah. they're so close. <laughs> but from an alternative perspective, Metro's is sort of the only place that doesn't do gigs as well as kind of being a club. Yeah, well, in terms of like nightclubs, like. Fuel isn't really a nightclub. You don't no. really get many dance, much dance there. You got <laughs> you got your club, which like does a lot of like the indie stuff. Yeah, I think and like they they just did an emo night and they had to team up there not long ago. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever really quite worked there. And then obviously you've got team up who are great. We love they team do up. Their, yeah, do their, but they do their Friday night and yeah. it's awesome. And I've spent many, many nights getting smashed there. But like, I need to go back. I've been here for so long. Oh uh, yeah, it's. I didn't think I've. Oh, I can't remember the last time I was there. I but I feel like because it went into club for a bit and then came back to brass bat. Brass bat. Maybe I have been. <clears throat> Again, it's very hazy. Uh, I, I, I went after. <laughs> I went after Cardiff Music Awards. And yeah. Me and um, me and my business partner yeah. got there, and um, the boys from Nightlife were there. Yeah. They'd obviously get the like work for the music video one. Yeah, um, we just got there, went there, and got absolutely wrecked. And uh, that the, I hope not in a commiserative way, though. No, it was like a, it was like a, we'll get them next year, lads. Yeah, okay, then, good, good. <laughs> like, that's that's the only like that's the really disappointing thing about the music awards for me is that when people get really upset when they don't win, and it's like. I, it's, 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 it was really it's like it's really hard I think because like any sort of award you get nominated you like I spend the entire time being like it's just nice to be nominated yeah I mean that's, like, that's the major like, thing is at, like at the back of your head you're like oh wait what if I actually win this like what the what, what, what's gonna yeah. happen you know I'm gonna have to worry about talking on stage like and you just have that at the, you're not thinking about it but it's at the back of your yeah. head and then you have all these plans that you don't realise are formed in the back of your head. And then you're like, oh, okay, so that's not happening. And you're like, oh, well, and you move on, you yeah. know? But it's like, funny for me because when people put so much like weight on it, like you just talked about, it's funny for me because I literally started it on that sofa. Yeah. And for me, it seems like this little tiny thing. But then... You have to. I have to remind myself that you know, but like thousands you, of people are involved in and it, and you've got you've got to like remember as well, as well. Like, there's so many people in the Cardiff music scene, mm. and like some of them may never get like any sort of recognition yeah. for what they do, and like the music awards is like a chance for them to get some recognition, I guess. So like. Yeah, because we'd, we'd been doing stuff for about three years and we got nominated and we were like, oh, maybe maybe they're, people are paying attention to us yeah, now, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I think a lot, like, um, especially in the local promoter one, because it was like us, Truro, who do, who's Elan from Club and they do some yeah, amazing yeah. stuff, like for Welsh language. And um, Ladies of Rage was the another one I think they were oh yeah they on yeah, they yeah and yeah. They're, they're awesome they've like encouraged like so many cool new artists yeah. I can't the fourth one was um, Slush Puppy yeah 
Yeah. And I think, like, especially in, like, the local promoters thing, you're like, oh, you get quite excited about it. And it's the same with, like, when I was talking to Nightlife's boys about it, because they're, like, compared to Kramer, who won it, and Nova mm-hmm. Moore, who were involved, like, they're almost, like, outsiders a yeah, bit. Yeah, Because um, it is... I, I find it quite hard in the kind of music scene, because, like, it's not clicky, but it can feel like it is sometimes. Like yes. when when you when you sit in a room and watch like Clubby Fall Back win like eight awards, it's nothing against <laughs> it's not it's nothing against Clubby Fall Back. I I love Adam. Yeah, I love all of them. Yeah, yeah. We've done so many good stuff with them. But it can be pretty like oh, okay, so we're just not in the know, you know. So I think that can be hard for people. It's it's hard for me. Yeah, it's hard for me to look at that and go. I I, I recognise how much work they put in and you know their notoriety and everything, but. You know, when they when they how many four or five awards this year and I was like yeah, Let's give one to Goody Heed in there. Yeah, they didn't have to. Don't 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 phrase it like that. They nicely don't like kind of passed on the baton, which was oh my god, I cried my eyes out uh, yeah. during that. And I was like, No, this is like heart wrenching and it's like I I think like losing Goody Heed is like one of the biggest like I think it's hit the cardio music scene harder than anything else in like mm. the last year. Because, like, I was obviously a big part of the campaign with Minty, mm. trying to sort of, like, save it. And, like, we... So everything we'd done with gigs, we started at Goody Hue. Yeah. Like, um, so I start Sarah Brain started off as a blog, and I ended up interviewing Lloyd for, like, Independent Venue Week. Yeah. And he was like, oh, it'd be really cool if you put on some shows. Yeah. And then from that, like, literally everything else is, like, come from that moment. Mm. So it was, like, really hard for us to, like lose that consistent place to go yeah. to and put on shows. And it was it wasn't afraid of like crossing genre and then nah, it wasn't like, a big risk to work. And to and, as well. and I think like what really made that place was this all the staff that worked there got involved. Everyone from like the bar staff. Like mm. even the like the we, we did one event a month there and all the bar staff knew us. So all the mm. bar staff were interested in what we were doing. Like, that can make, like, such a big difference when you're, like, just starting out. Yeah. Um, and it was just, like, the perfect place to just start start out, I think. And it's really hard that it's gone now. And you got you got the Moon and Tiny Rebel both sort of stepping up and taking yeah. a bit extra because of it. But it, is, it was a definitely a big loss, and I hope it comes back. It was almost like an outlier as well because it was distant from the rest of the like physically distant from yeah. the rest of the scene and and i think you're right looking over the venues we've lost in the past few years it you're right i think it is the most significant loss because it whereas four bars and buffalo were kind of they were they were, they were great but they were like part-time yeah almost were, in even the, though they're like long long standing and like yeah you're part-time and then with the moon that transferred that energy transferred downstairs yeah i think goody who is kind of the most significant loss but at the same time when it happened for me as kind of someone in the industry and understanding how these things work it was i'd already not that i'd given up but the way the circumstances around it yeah. for me i didn't see there was any option yeah that was that was like the really hard thing about being part of the campaign was like I think a lot of us who were involved were like quite like we kind of know this fight is over. Like mm. I, I'd sort of in my head like once I we'd figured out the whole situation. Like in my head, I was like, this place is probably gone, but I'm gonna fight for it yeah, because like I think what matters more is the fact that there was a fight. 
Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what like we all sort of talked about was like we have to stick up something. Yeah, you know, we have to, we have to, we have yeah, to, we have to at least try because yeah. none of us would have Not given ourselves bend over backwards and let it happen. Yeah, exactly. And like it, the guys in Goody were in such a tough place because they couldn't really do anything. Yeah, you know, so it had to come from somewhere else. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's weird because it's like. It feels like it happened a long... It did happen, well, it's about eight, nine months ago now. Well, like, it shut in January, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then it's... But it's still, it's, like, still such a fresh wound. And it's hard yeah, to I, I, I keep... I'm genuinely still avoiding walking past it because I know that they've started knocking it down. And I know, like, when I see it, it's going to, like, yeah, hit me, yeah. yeah. So I've just sort of, like, not going anywhere near it. But, yeah, I mean, we did our first festival there as well, mm-hmm. which was, oh, like... Oh, yeah, and the fact that you were supposed to have it there again, and then... Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. We were, like, we, we did the first one. We were, like, guys, we really, really want to do this. And then they were, like, oh, we don't know if we can. Yeah. And we didn't know what was going on. And then they gave us the okay, and then we found out about... Again, it, it and, again, it, it just it highlights the uncertainty, because you never, you never really know, and, it, like... Yeah. Every week is a struggle. Yeah, we were we were really lucky actually. Like, um, Danny um, rang me the day before it was no, two days before it was announced because he wanted to give me a heads up. Yeah, and I literally like I think I managed to move the festival to club in about ten minutes. <laughs> God, like be, that's like so that. Lucky. Like yeah, I yeah. so I, I like I got woken up by this phone call from Danny at like half twelve. In the afternoon, that's fine. We'll yeah. discuss why this. Well, well I, I, I believe it was a Thursday or a Monday, and I, yeah, I'd yeah. been working the night before or something. But yeah, and uh, yeah, I just got a phone, and like I was, I'm living with, I was living with, well, I'm still living with my business partner, and I just like texted him. He was asleep. I texted him like, we we need like an emergency meeting like now because this is like mm-hmm. he, he had no idea. He just woke up. We came running downstairs, and by the time he got downstairs, I'd been like, yeah, I've moved it. It's fine. <laughs> so I, I first thing I did, I texted him, and yeah. I got my my I emailed Adam from Club, and Adam was like, yeah, let's do it, and yeah. like it was like the biggest relief in the world for that it was like it was really tough because we were like oh we don't really want to move it but yeah we, we, yeah, we can't help it and we had we had a load of gigs there as well which we didn't move until a lot later because we were like holding out yeah, a bit of hope yeah, but yeah. like with the festival because we had so much money sort of invested in it it was like you kind of have to we had to make that decision yeah. like there and then but it worked out for the best i think because doing it at a club was really really like enjoyable mm. and sort of like well we hadn't done anything upstairs in club yet so yeah. that was like the first time we managed to get bands in there it's a like, kind of like landmark moment when you go upstairs in club or as a promoter or as a band or anything like yeah that. Like it's even kind of, as an engineer the first time i did a show up there i was like wow this is great like, yeah it's like it's kind of like the the pinnacle of the local scene isn't it so like yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Until, I, until you kind of hit those kind of tram shed heights it's kind yeah of like, that's the that's the best you're gonna yeah, get yeah. well yeah like, i grew up in portsmouth and like the wedge of dreams in portsmouth is like the equivalent i was really lucky that like my dad um works there so i basically grew up in that venue yeah. and, like i witnessed like bands like 1975 and catch the bottom end and slaves going through there so like gives you like another appreciation for like doing places like upstairs in club because you're like are these sort of bands like who are now huge and headlining yeah. reading have gone through this place it's, you yeah know? it's crazy to kind of like it is that's one of the most fun things about working in the scene for so long or even not even that long 
when you see a band that you've worked with in the tiniest venue go on and do something huge. Yeah, the the one for me um, is Himalayas. Yeah. Um, do you remember Express Radio Festival? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the first year I was in Cardiff, they did it, and they, like, opened the the downstairs stage. <laughs> and then it was uh, Brachio here. Yeah, um, yeah. Stefan's band, who, who are awesome. And then straight after them was Yonica, who yeah. are now, like... I, huge I, as do you well. know what I remember that because I remember hearing them through the floorboards at club and going <laughs> that's amazing and then looking them up afterwards and yeah. now yeah now, yeah, now like, they're too big to play Cardiff yeah <laughs> well that's well I, they played last year didn't they they sort of bring me the horizon at no yeah, point yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah they were they were they were awesome like yeah you know, like, it was they, they're like the fact that they're such a good band that if you hear them through the floorboards, you're like, shit, that's good. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I just kind of remember watching it and there being like 20 people there and being like, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, I downloaded their single at the time and then like listened to it loads. And like yeah. at the time I was the, with DJ and Metro, like playing it in Metro. It's like... And then I forgot about them. And then, like... Uh, No, I didn't forget about them. I was like, I can't wait till they do more. It's so, yeah. But, yeah, I love that. I I always had an eye, but then, like... And then I went to try and see them at Great Escape, and it was... No. There was no way you could go and see them. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I was, like... I was, like, on the list and everything. I was like, no, no, you're not coming in. I was like, oh. I did not not see enough bands at Great Escape. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, festivals this year. So, I was saying before we turned the mics on that... So, I've done 12 since Great Escape so Great Escape was my first and then I've done 12 total and then Hub is my 13th next week kind of annoyed that it's 13 because I'm a little bit superstitious <laughs> and you're right like it's so hard to see everything you want to see yeah especially like so with, with Great Escape like John Rostron's recently started a Association of Independent Promoters which yeah. is really cool and luckily through them managed to get on this thing called the Elevate Programme which is like for young musicians or or people in the industry, promoters or people working at labels um, to go and like watch loads of conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got to do that all day, every day, which was really cool, but I just didn't see any bands mm. because I was like, I was getting up at 10, 10 o'clock, like nine o'clock in the morning, walking into Brighton, going, going to all these conferences till 5pm and then shooting off. So I only sort of managed to catch some really, a couple of bands. I saw the Wood Burning Savages who are awesome, like downstairs in a, Hotel, which is yeah. weird, and um, which one was that? It's like it was like the one opposite where the conferences were, like the little the hotel. It was where like the Irish music so- showcase was. See, there's so many venues of Great Escape that yeah. I probably didn't. See. Yeah, yeah. And then the the only other day I sort of spent the entire of um, Saturday at Prince Albert. Yeah. With with the big scary monsters and Alka Pop. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because I saw you there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I told you I'd eat you and Doe and all that a lot, but. Yeah. I look, yeah. Shout out to those guys. They're two great labels. I, so. I, I like. I remember first like hearing about them in like 2012. Yeah. They, they did a stage at South Sea Festival in Portsmouth, 
and it was like um so there's this local band called bear cavalry who i love um who are like weirdly like math indie math rock yeah. stuff no one's ever heard of them but they signed to alcopop and did like one ep and then like that's how I got into that, yeah. and I saw like bands like Delta Sleep and Axes, like on that tiny stage. It's like I had my birthday, my 18th birthday party in that room. Like <laughs> it's like one of those weird things where I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I saw Delta Sleep and Saber. I had my 18th birthday party, um, and um, Talons are amazing as well, and like oh, yeah, Anna Managuchi. I think they had played one year as well, but that was like my introduction to them. And then like luckily, like last year, I got to work with Big Scary Monsters after like about. Yeah, six years of just like loving their label <laughs> and like loving pretty much every band they release and like, yeah, it's kind of like mad to. Yeah. It is when you get to work with people you looked up look up to or like just be friends with people you like you held in high regard for so long. That's again, that's I think there's like there's a couple of things I really enjoy about my my job. Uh, one is hearing music before anyone else. <laughs> Secondly, is I don't know, knowing things, being, being in the know, essentially. Oh, being in the know is, like, the best lovely. thing. Because <laughs> the thing about the music scene is, like, if you're, if you're, like, in it and you're deep-rooted in it, you will hear, like, I, like, because I know, like, the BSM guys, I've known about, like, signings and albums yeah. coming out, bef- like, before, and it's just, like, you feel like, ah, oh, I know this. And it's, like, <laughs> it's, and it's even the same just, like, anywhere, like, because no one's really secretive about it, but they'll only tell other people in the industry that yeah. understand that you can't tell people outside the industry. Yeah, because if you, if you tell people, you just, like, get shut out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then the final thing is, like, being able to make friends with, like, bands or, like, labels or things like that that you've, like, really kind of admired for a long time, like, and making, like, really fast friends with some of them, like... I, I've, I've always had a weird perspective about meeting famous people because growing up with my dad running a music yeah. video, I, I, like, met a few. I met Feeder, I met Jared Way, I met, like, a few other people. But the one which was, like, really for me was, like, uh, we put on um, the ex-league guitarist, Catfish, Catfish and the Bottlemen, oh, Billy yeah, Bibby. Yeah. Um, he, he got kicked out of the band after the first album. And he was amazing and, like, the loveliest guy. Mm. And, like... That, for me, was, like, a real, like, ah, oh, we're doing, like, really cool things here, and, like, this is really nice to just meet this person. Yeah. And that was, like, the first one. And then we put on Sir as well, which was, like, a really nice one, because um, Jim, the drummer's from Maybe She Will. Mm. I think it's Maybe She Will. I can never remember which one it is. It's one of those ones with three words as one word. <laughs> and it's just, like, I think it's Maybe She Will. I'm pretty sure it's Maybe She Will. Yeah. But, and they're an amazing band, and, like, meeting him and meeting them and then... And then it was Dream State after that. And, like, yeah, it's just kind of, like, it's nice to slowly work your way up. And, like, working with um, BSM was, like, absolutely nuts. They did a pop-up in Cardiff, and they just sort of, like, asked... Like, they, they were, hang, like, working with heads above the waves. So I sort mm-hmm. of just was, like, can you uh, let me help out? And I just ended up working in their pop-up, like, every day. And I spent, like, a day hanging out with Tiny Moving Parts. I spent a I went for Pizza Hut with Jamie Lenman and like <laughs> and like just weird weird stuff like that yeah. and like and it was just yeah it was amazing and like to be able to from like from then on like I worked with them at Art Tangent last year and then I got to DJ their I got to help run a stage and DJ a festival their, their like festival in London which was like amazing mm. it was like absolutely nuts and like they're, they're, what's really nice about meeting those people though is like you look up to them for so long you and you meet them you worry they're going to kind of like especially when you're in the same industry and want to do the same thing it's mm. going to be a bit like oh, 
you're just a little version of us yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, look down on you. But they've been amazing. And Kev, who runs BSM, has, like, given me so much advice about starting my label. And, like, I think that's, like, the best thing is, like, when people like that help you out mm-hmm. when you've got... Yeah, when you're not really expecting it and there's people you look up to that are looking out for you mm-hmm. as well. And it's... I think there's that and then when they ask you for advice and that kind of really like it's blown my mind a couple of times oh yeah like um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say the names of the bands but um both bsm and alcopop will ask me questions about a couple of bands that they were thinking about signing because we'd booked them a few times before and worked with them a few times yeah, before yeah. and like well i love both those bands and i was like sign them please because yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. i want to like yeah. <laughs> like and uh yeah, it's just kind of nice just to... Uh, that was, that was like, a nice moment because I felt, like, justified in liking those bands mm. almost. Yeah, I yeah. was like, ah, oh, I was... I was. These are the people that I, like, look I, to to recommend me music yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm getting there before them. Yeah, like, yeah. it I was quite there. nice. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and it's, it's funny when you kind of are into a band for a long time and then you see them get on lineups of, like, festivals that you... Yeah, you appreciate. It's kind of like the same thing. You're like, oh, yeah, I knew, I knew that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, 2000 Trees is the one for me. Like, if a band that I really like gets on 2000 yeah. Trees, I'm like, yes. It's, been, it's interesting to look at 2000 Trees because I think 2000 Trees and Tangent started around the same time. Is that Tree, right? Trees is, like... Or is it a little bit older? Is, is a bit older. I think Tangent's done, like, five or six years. But I always see those as kind of similar. Well, they're, they're like sister festivals run by the same people oh they? well then that makes a lot of sense did you not know that yeah <laughs> but they're run by the same people you can buy like a joint ticket and go to both oh, really? and it's still cheaper than going to Reading and Leeds wow well and better than going to Reading and, 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 yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's our opinion anyway yeah. but I, it's funny because a couple of people have been bitching about Reading and Leeds recently I'm like yeah it's fine don't go it's not for you <laughs> it's moved on from it's, when you went as a kid like yeah it's it's <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I just like I went to Reading in like 2015 when I was like 18. It was rubbish. Like honestly, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like, at 18 I was like I'm too old for yeah, this. Yeah, I went when I, I like, was 20 and in 2012, and yeah, it was I hated it. Yeah, it was I like put me off festivals for life. <laughs> I I just kind of like um, I spent the whole time. I saw like two bands on the main stage for the yeah. whole weekend. Like the rest, like that's the thing. Like Reading and Leeds is great for the lower end of the same with Download. I look at Download every year, and like, the bottom half of lineup, like that's really sick. But the top half is just the same old shit, and I don't care. <laughs> this year was good. I like what the Download? Yeah, yeah. So I went to see Tall and Smash Pumpkin. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Pretty, that's pretty fair. Awesome. That's fair enough. But like for me, for me personally, it's not for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fair, all stuff yeah, a bit yeah. before my time, especially with Download. Thanks, thanks for making me feel like. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Reading is like, I would like a, a lot, both Reading and Download, though, a lot of them, I look at like the headliners, I'm like, I'd quite like to see that, but I'm not going to pay 250 no, quid. Yeah, Whereas like 2000 Trees and Art Tangent, I've been to Trees for four years, and I've not even seen that many of the headliners. Yeah. But I'm only paying 100 quid a ticket. Yeah. And I don't really mind. Like this year I saw Frank Turner, I didn't see um, Death of Vina or Yumi at Six. Yeah. Um, and... I had the best time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is, it is kind of, but it's, I think that's really kind of, if you're a massive music nerd or you're into the music industry and, and like that, that's what you thrive on when you go to the festivals. Like oh, that. that, that's the then you, We have to remember that, you know, most people are going to the headlines. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's like really, so like, yeah, a load of my mates went, um, who people, and people I know from Metro's who went for like the three headliners. Yeah. And I was like, right, 
I'm going to hang out with you all day and take you around all the bands I want to yeah, see yeah. just so you see something new. Because, like, and a lot of them have now got into, like, new bands and, and it's quite nice to have that experience with people. That's something that, like, I wish more people asked me to get them into bands. Because <laughs> I, 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 I have so much, uh, like... I saw. Uh, I was listening to your interview with Louise, yeah, and how much she just like consumes music. And, yeah, like, I just that's all I do is just consume I music. I, my problem is that if I'm consuming music, it feels like I'm doing my job, which obviously it is. But at the same time, it's like I don't, I can't do it too much because then I'll just feel overworked, and so, which is it sucks because yeah. obviously, like one of my favorite things to do is like find new music, but. It's still like you know I'll, I'll whack on Discover Weekly and that's pretty much the be all and end all yeah. of my music discovery, which so, it's really bad. And then I'll, but for example, if we're talking about like festivals where bands have been on, like Great Escape, when I went, so there's so much, there's so much on the Great Escape. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so overwhelming. Yeah, it's so it's like... crazy. And like I barely made a dent in like what music I could have seen. And there was like loads of bands that played a great escape that I would have loved to have seen in retrospect. Yeah. So like stuff like dream life and just mustard and things like that. And it's like, our dream I, life are amazing. Yeah. And like I saw them at Primavera because like I, I knew about like them from like one song or something. And I like saw them and it was like one of the best festivals, best sets of the whole festival. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I could have seen them at like Great Escape, or I could have seen them here and here and here. But like, yeah. I think the one I really enjoyed at Great Escape was the Beths. Mm. I love them. They just sound like um, the song at the end of every rom com. <laughs> <laughs> like, like New Zealand like indie emo yeah, man, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, this could be at the end of any rom com ever. And it, but it's just really fun. And we saw them at the, um, Horatio's right at the end of the pier. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was really weird because we we went for a walk around the pier. I was with a couple of the guys from Al Moses, and we we're like, "There's a venue on the and yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah." I was in there. It was really hot and sweaty. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was yeah. Great Escape is kind of you know I I never yeah. This is the first year I've been, and I went with Forte. Thank for like they kind of paid for my ticket because you know that's nice. Um, <laughs> uh, and genuinely, I, I was so blown away by how it's like there were like venues on the beach and then venues all up the city all up the kind of the hill of Brian yeah. and it and it was crazy and what you know one of the things that stuck out for me was how music oriented that city is because I counted more music shops in one walk than exist in Cardiff yeah like as, as a whole it's not it's not but yeah, I yeah, I definitely felt like the same thing. Like I was blown away how many music venues there were in just such a short space. But you, there's so many great bands coming out of Brighton. It's not really a surprise. Mm. And I think like when you look at like your scene, you've got to think about where that talent's being nurtured. You know, yeah. like there's some of like uh, Gender Rolls and Orchards are like two of my favorite bands. They're both coming from Brighton. Um, 
yeah, uh, uh, Architects and Royal Blood and all those sort of bands all came yeah, out of there Blood as well. Issues. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Blood Issues, yeah. And like, yeah, you could think you've got to look at like, that's why I'd like to see in Cardiff is more. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> and, it, you know, we're supposed to be getting more, but I haven't seen it. But Yeah. It's, but it, yeah, and you go, you go, because I was going for Forte, I was going for The Moon to kind of check out how they run venues there. I was going for Hub, I was going for all like these different reasons. I was going as kind of basically as a general music industry person. And I was so impressed by it. And I was like, we need this in Cardiff. And, you know, how does that happen? Well, like, it's what Soon is supposed to be, isn't it? Always. Yeah, it, it was well. Soon was initially inspired by South by Southwest, I think, mm. and then uh, partially by Great Escape. But Soon, to me, doesn't. It's more about the music than the conference. You know, there's, yeah. there's very like small elements of conference they're putting in. But whereas Great Escape, it seems almost half and half. Yeah. Oh no, the conference is huge. Yeah. Like, you've got an entire massive building dedicated yeah. to it, and there's so much going on. Like, I went to some really like interesting stuff, and the and... mixes as well, and the kind of things like that, the kind of industry things where you like met labels. There was one I, that I, yeah. Spike and Sean from Forte went to. It's like focused on Sweden, and you got the Canada stage, and you got the and it's like the, so international. The, the, as well. the only thing that I sort of came out really like not feeling great about was because um, I was obviously on this program yeah. for it. They took us into. Um, like the networking meetings for all the agencies. Yeah. Because I was like, right, well, I'm going to try and get some new bands to put on and try yeah. and like move myself up. And a lot of the agents were just not interested in talking to the grassroots promoter at all about like the new bands coming up. They're there to get the arena shows and things like that. It's going to make him money. And it was Which kind of, that, that was like really like heartbreaking for me. It seems so strange for a festival like that because so, you know, there was never. You know, apart from your Foles and your Lewis Capaldi doing those huge shows that were kind of separate almost, yeah. there wasn't huge bands playing. And it yeah. was like, so it kind of sucks that there was that attitude there, but you know. I guess it just ended up who you end up talking to. I'm sure yeah. there were there were other like Asians that weren't like that, but just the ones I ended up talking to. It's an interesting thing because it's kind of, you know, there are these kind of international music conferences that we don't get even a sneaking glance of yeah. Grey Escape is kind of one that crosses over a little bit yeah. and you see a little bit of that lifestyle and it's kind of like oh. <laughs> that, <laughs> that looks, that looks good like, yeah I don't know it looks good I, you know my <clears throat> when I started out doing this my goals were always to kind of hit the very top I don't really feel like that anymore I, yeah I think like so when I sort of started thinking about doing music so I started writing a blog it's called Stereo Brain. It was like a way of me coping with my mental health. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was I always had like I want to do music stuff, but it's probably only going to be part time. And then I got moved to Cardiff, got more involved and involved, and then just sort of like now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I want to do this full time. I want to like, but I don't, I don't aim like because we just started a label. I don't aim to sell millions. My my goal is not to sell millions of copies yeah. and become super rich. My goal is to like introduce new music that I like to other people I like the inspiration I take is from labels like Alcopop and BSM and they they have a very clear identity about who they are and like what they do and like the bands that they mm-hmm. put forward and like that to me is way more important than making millions you know I don't, as, however how, most of the say I don't want to make millions because like <laughs> Any, anyone, in nice, their, yeah. anyone in their right mind would say yeah I probably would but like that's not why I'm in it I think I think anyone getting into the music scene to make money is getting into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I, a little you bit. Know, 
I think that's kind of that's very clear. Yeah. But you know, that's thankfully I don't tend to work with a lot of people like that. Yeah, I've not I've fortunately not sort of encountered anyone that's in it just for the the, the money in their pocket because you need the passion, don't you? And you need the uh Yeah. I think it's a lot of hard work and you're right, yeah, there's a lot of passion behind it. So the the general structure of these podcasts, <laughs> I tend to really, yeah, when we get into conversations like that and they last an hour, which is kind of what we've hit at the moment, uh, I completely forget that we're supposed to do questions at the start and questions yep. at the end. So let's do the questions at the start, even though we're an hour in. Right. So the first uh, kind of couple of questions I ask about, like, like how you started with music um, and, you know, it's been so long that I can't. I know the first question. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. God, that's really embarrassing. That I've got <laughs> questions for podcast. Right, so the first uh, question I ask is, do you have, like, a first musical memory that you, like, the first thing, your memory, your first memory is associated with music? I think, like, I don't have, like, a necessary, like, first, like, distinct memory. Mm-hmm. But the first, like, one I can remember is going to see McFly when I was eight. Okay. But I know I was into music before yeah, that. Yeah. And I was listening to Busted and I was listening to... Uh, I know that the first album I bought was Sawdust by The Killers. It's just such a... It's, it's not even, after Hot Fuzz? It's not even an album. Yeah. It's a like, collection oh, right. of rarities and B-sides. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, don't make... <laughs> I, seven or eight, seven or eight-year-old me had no clue. He just went, oh, I like this band. This, yeah, they, yeah. I listened and to one you, song and yeah, I was like, I'm going like, to buy this album. And you're like, hang on, this hasn't got Mr. Bright said on it. <laughs> oh, I'll have you know, it has a seven-minute-long remix at the end of the album of Mr. Brightside. And to anyone that's sick of Mr. Brightside, go and listen to that remix because it is great. Like... <laughs> The problem with Mr. Brightside is that it is a really good song. <laughs> I hate it. I can't. <laughs> I, like, like I've, I've, I've reached the point now. Oh, oh have I? Have you heard the the jealousy by Kaiser Chief story? No, please tell me. Oh, so this, like, this is like a long running meme in like a very niche circle of the Cardiff music scene. <laughs> okay, Because about yeah, so I'm about to light. You got to blow open. So about two <laughs> years ago, I was, I think it was like after a rugby, it was a rugby night in yeah. Metro. It's a DJ in a way. And this guy who was like absolutely wrecked. As he tend to be in Metro. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I'm sorry. We respond. We 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 encourage responsible drinking. Yeah, Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this guy was wrecked, and he comes up to DJ Beef, and he goes, "Mate, mate, can you play um, Jealousy um, by that band?" I was like, "Which one?" It's like, "Oh, Kaiser Chiefs." No, I have heard this. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I don't think that's a song, mate." I'm gonna look it up on my laptop, but I don't think that's a song. And he's like, "Yeah," and he's, he's, it's the one that goes, "Jealousy." Turn in, takes it. <laughs> and I just sort of looked at him and I was like, are you serious? I, I posted this on Facebook and it got like, I can't even remember. It, yeah. it just got, re- I put it on Twitter and it got retweeted the hell out That's of it. And at any time I put anything on Facebook now, for like two years on, if I'm like, oh, does anyone want any songs tonight? I will all, without fail, someone will reply, Jealousy by Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, that's great. Like, um, <laughs> another DJ who I won't mention because I, I've got this thing now where I'm like, it's really, it's really crap, and it's kind of like, oh, I, I can tell you, but I can't tell you kind of thing. But I, I feel like 
if I want to quote someone, I need their permission first. Yeah. It's not very fair, but a DJ I know, um, they'll be playing like a Beyonce song and someone come up and go, oh, can you play some Beyonce, please? Oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah. No, p- drunk, people, drunk people are idiots. Like, like, yeah, but I, I, but the thing is, when we go out, we're like that as well. Like, I mean, less so. No, I, but, I wouldn't request a song that's already played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've had people come, like, I've been playing like Teenagers by MCR and someone will come to me and say, can you play Teenagers by MCR? And you're like... Are you serious? Are you are you like paying attention to yeah. anything that's happening around you right now? Or yeah, I think it's because a lot of the time, like what what I always find it with is like Shikari and Bring Me the Horizon and bands yeah. like that, where they've got quite a lot of songs that you can play as a DJ. Yeah, and like I'll play one of the slightly unusual ones yeah. that like three quarters of the usual crowd will know and a quarter won't, and that quarter will be like, "This sounds like Bring Me the Horizon," and they'll we'll come oh, up yeah. and ask for Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> that's the trap you fall into. Yeah, and you're like, you, you just look at them like you know this is Bring Me, and they're like, "Oh, I thought I recognised yeah. it," and like, yeah, there you go. And so um, you kind of answered one of the other questions I asked. So I asked two other questions now it's not just two I, I kind of came up with the third one um, the first of those two is do you remember the first record you bought yes yeah, that's <laughs> B-Sides and then the first gig you went to which was is McFly, McFly in uh, Portsmouth uh, Portsmouth Guildhall yeah. was. I, I was I was in year five I took my girlfriend at the time wow yeah, I know. I was, I was, I was a good, I was good back then. My, my skills as a boyfriend have dropped off somewhat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting one. And then like after that, it was like, do you remember the feeling? Yep. I, I've seen that band more times than I care to admit. Yeah. But uh, that, that that first record, Twelve Stops and Home, I still stand by that being an absolute banger. <laughs> funny because you kind of you look back on your previous music taste and you can say oh i still like it but i'm not gonna admit it to anyone or you can go that was really dumb i can't believe i was into that i find like trying to explain to people like my music taste is really weird because like i didn't get into any sort of like quote-unquote metros music yeah until i was like 17 like i didn't grow up on like mcr paramore for yeah. all that so I, I have like no emotional connection to that music whatsoever you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, like, like System of a Down. Like, I've, which, yeah, yeah. which, like, can be really good when I'm DJing because it means, like, I'm very, like, clinical in being, like, I know you're just trying to get... I know which songs work. I know you're yeah. just trying to get away with something here. Or it can work really badly because I'll be like, yeah, I just don't care about this, so I'm not going to play it. Like, So a couple of you mentioned, like, System of a Down, I got in... I bought... No, wait. My sister bought me Toxicity by System of a Down when I was... 10 so that's pretty formative to kind of yeah. get the album and I think um, Morning View by Incubus as well I kind of played so much they got scratches in it. It, it Incubus is like one of those ones where like you get like 30 year olds on stag dudes come in and it's like the one thing they'll always ask for and the one thing I'll be like look you know like I understand I, so I, I understand that like 10 years ago this was like top notch but like fun. nobody knows Incubus it anymore so like <laughs> yeah Incubus is my first gig as well they're, they're, they're one of the ones from that era that have like died off massively I think but like with like System of a Down and like Slipknot and all yeah. those bands, they like kept going. Well, Incubus, I was still when it comes up on Shuffle, I'll still listen to it and be like, 
I love this, but System of a Down, I got over a long time ago. <laughs> it's a bit silly for me, really. <laughs> Especially after like I got into Nine Inch Nails and I was like, this is music. like, And then like, all that kind of stuff went by the wayside. But yeah. it's like stuff like when you're a teenager, like being really into it and being really emotional about certain types of music, it will stick with you. And then it's hard to listen to again. Like um, Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine for me, it's really hard for me to listen to because yeah. I associate it with so much with te- my teenage angst. My, um, the one album that I struggle with the most is um, the Wombat's first album. That was like, like when I was like 14, that was like my first breakup was that like album. Yeah. So I'm moving to New York You know what I mean? And, and like, I just can't listen to it. The second album, I love, but the first one is yeah. just like, there is, oh, I just remember, like, crying over girls yeah, and being there 14. There are songs and, that, like, will always remind me of, of past relationships. And it's horrible. It's like, you kind of get over it, but at the same time, you that song will come on and you'll, be, you'll remember that person instantly. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird like, thing. Like, Counting Stars by One Republic is, like, one of the... I, hate that song <laughs> I hate that song so much and I was with this girl in college and that's all she listened to uh, don't ask me why I was, I was like into my really into my music and she just listened to pop and I was just like alright then it was like that summer where that was the only song on radio yeah. and it was just yeah It was just the soundtrack of that relationship for six <laughs> months. Yeah, but then on the other hand, like, I still have bands that I used to listen to, like, way back when, like, when I was growing up, that I still absolutely love. Mm. So, like, Frightened Rabbit is, like, the one for mm. me that is, like, I think has been, like, the most consistent throughout my life in terms of a band I've, like, absolutely adored because, like, the lyrics and the music speaks to me, like, has spoken to me, like, consistently from, like, the age of, like, 13, 12, 13, when I first started, like, developing mental health problems to, like, mm. now. And that's, like... Yeah, I don't think I'll ever lose that with Frightened Rabbit. Won't find love in her Won't find love in her home It takes more than fucking someone To keep yourself warm You won't find love in her won't find love in a hole It takes more than fucking someone to keep yourself safe It's such a funny thing, like we're talking about seeing a band in a small situation and then going on. Um, I did The Door for Frightened Rabbit in 10 Feet Tall, which is so weird to think about now. It's just like, and kind of go, oh, they were kind of there and they was like about 10 people went and it was so really kind of strange the yeah uh, like oh, I love that band like so I could, I could I could write like essays and essays about mm. how great that band is to be honest um, and like yeah like Midnight Organ Fire is like one of the best albums of all time and I didn't I I don't think that's like I think a lot of people that know that stuff 
love it. And like, I think I, I think I'd recommend it to anyone and everyone. Mm. And just be like, just give it a try because you never because like there's so much stuff on there. Like something will connect with you. And like that, that was like one of the most difficult sort of like in my career, like in music, one like the most difficult times in my life in it. Like where I started like really doubting myself was like May last year yeah. when Scott from Frank Rabbit killed himself. It was like the week after, so we just done Power, like Pua Festival like yeah. the first time, and like that was like a really big achievement for me. And after I woke up like the next day and I was like, I don't really know what to do next. Yeah. And I was really lost that week. And then obviously on the Wednesday, Scott died. And like, that was like, if it was a time I was ever going to be like, I'm going to give up, that was it. It's when you <clears throat> come to the end of a major project like that and you haven't got a plan for afterwards. For example, for Hub Festival, I know, you know, next Monday... There's going to be this, like, hole in, yeah. in yourself. It's really... It's such a strange feeling. <clears throat> and it's, like, one of these things that, you know, if you work a nine-to-five job, you don't get... You don't get that feeling of, oh, that's over now. Or, like, unless, like, you get fired or something. It's yeah. Kind of like, but when you work on a major project for so long, you... I've learned that you have to come up with something straight away afterwards. Like, yeah. for example... I know I'm going to be editing this podcast next Monday <laughs> yeah. because otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to have that. Like, and you, you talk about, you know, having mental health problems. You posted the other day about uh, wanting to do a round table and it was the Saturday of Boomtown. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm good. I can't go, but I definitely want to be involved in it. And I haven't really personally, I haven't spoken to many people except friends and kind of a few of my family about, you know, having mental yeah. health problems. And it, but it's so common in the music industry. It's an alarmingly common. Yeah, I think like for for one, it does come with the territory because you are like you said, you've got late nights, you've got yeah. difficult working schedules, you've got the big projects, and like you put everything into it, and it can be so hard like to bounce back from, and like that on its own can create mental health problems mm. like through like stress and anxiety and depression and things like that and but i think a lot of people do also forget about the positive sides of it which of is that for for me i was like diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder when i was 18 and not like music doing all the music stuff is my coping mechanism mm. for it and like i think it's just like what i try and say to people is try and channel like your passions into like making it a positive impact on yeah. your life and like yeah men, mental health problems like yeah I, it's it's mad how many people i talk to in the music industry with it it's really like and it, you're right about it's kind of a lot of what we have to do is uh contributes to it but i think a lot of people who end up in music have those it's kind of like a nature or nurture thing it's like a lot of people are born with those problems and they develop on later in life or they develop because of certain situations that happen to them yeah and i think with music especially people fall into that because it's a creative outlet yeah it's a creative outlet and and like it's so easy to connect with music like <laughs> that's like my my solace like i will go and like just listen to an album when i'm having a really mm. tough time because like it's like that moment of peace mm. sometimes that you need to like yeah it's strange like yeah. and what what you say you use your you kind of use your work to kind of cope with it. well yeah like so 
four years, like over four years ago, I started. So I got diagnosed. Um, so at the time, I hadn't sort of told anyone. I I waited until I was eighteen and went to doctors and sort of got it all myself because like. You know, this various situations with family and friends yeah. and this, that and the other. And I, I sort of made the decision that I wanted to, like, do something creative or, like, interesting that was going to, like, help me get out of my shell and, like, try and, like, have something to focus on. So that's, like, literally where the name Stereo Brain comes from is, like, music and mental health. Yeah. Like, um, and, like, yeah, I just started writing, writing blogs. And, like, the first album I reviewed was Are You Satisfied by Slaves? And I did like positive songs for negative people by Frank Turner and like stuff like that. And just, yeah, that, that's all it was at that time was like, I kind of like music, so I'm going to use this as a coping mechanism mm. for like life. And then I was like, oh, I kind of, I could be really cool to DJ. And then like, I sent Metro's like a Facebook message being like, can I come DJ? And then I got like the first hour on a Wednesday, like every week. Yeah. And then I got the first and the last hour on a Wednesday every week. Yeah. And then I got Saturdays and the, uh, it spiraled out of control, and then <laughs> yeah, and then all of a, all of a sudden, like I interviewed Lloyd for the blog, and he's yeah. offering me to put on shows, and like I've been in Cardiff a year, and I was already DJed at Metro's for six months, and then I put on my first gig, and it was like really mad, like, but like that's what happens when you really like put your passion into yeah. something. I think like if you if you can find something like it's not going to be music for everyone, it's not, mm-hmm. but yeah, like. Of course. Like sport or like sport, art, uh, yeah. yeah, art is a really good one. Or writing, or yeah. read, even just like reading, or like going on walks, yeah. or whatever. If you find like that one thing that's gonna like keep you going, and like you want to keep getting better at, it's almost like it's worthwhile just yeah. to pursue it. I think, like, and I think a lot of people are scared of doing that. It's either stopping that negative energy or putting that energy into something. And like what you said about, you know, you started off by writing. I find it like writing out your feelings kind of helps quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. It kind of, it's very cathartic to kind of move your feelings from your head to the page. To a piece of paper, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just like, yeah, I just quite like to think deeply about stuff. And like, I, I, I still write about things, mm. like about music and stuff. I just don't publish it on the internet no, anymore. But, I just sort of yeah. like. I just kind of, all of mine just gets Splurred out of my Twitter feed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really that, that happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, I think well, because I went to uni for three years, it's quite interesting to watch people who whose lives are on rails somewhat. Like, yeah, we all came to uni and we're all in the same position where we'll like everyone. Like, we I did maths at uni, so we're all doing the same thing. And sort of like me and Callum, who's my business partner, we kind of just ended up like taking a diversion and yeah. ended up where we are now. But it's very interesting to watch some people who, like, I know that that wasn't what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They were there doing maths because they didn't really know what else to do. Yeah. And they've ended up going and working for Admiral or some insurance mm-hmm. company and just, like, getting their nine-to-five. And, like, I hope that, like, they find sort of, like, that passion that they can do outside of work. Yeah. But I think, like, my message to, like, most people is, like, it's one, it's never too late. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. and two, like, God, if you throw yourself into something, you you never know what's going to yeah. happen. I work with so many young people who go, "Oh, I'm too old for that." I'm like, "You're five years younger than me, shut!" Like, <laughs> I'm still learning how to do things. I'm still starting new things at 27, and like, I'm nowhere near done. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, it's never too late. You're right. I think, and you know what you say about like co- coping and putting your energy in. I find that my work distracts me from my depression 
and it's something I can focus on rather than if I'm doing nothing, then that's when it creeps in. Yeah, I think like it obviously works different for different people, but for me, like if I'm if I'm stood still and I've got nothing to do, that is when I'm at my worst. Yeah, and like having the focus, having like the next thing on the list. I don't know if you've got Trello. I love Trello. <laughs> like, it's like my favorite thing. Yeah. I just like tick 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 and like but just it's use my const- notes app like. and it, yeah and it's just constantly going and like i just yeah. i always know where i am this week and where i am next week and like it is it's a structured life for a very unstructured life <laughs> yeah yeah there is you know there are points in time where i will take too much on and it'll become overwhelming and stuff and it's it's <coughs> definitely happened this summer but it's at the same time it's you understand that's how you're coping with things yeah but you, yeah i think but for me, like, I've had this realisation this year, we've put on a lot of gigs this year, not all of them has done as well as we wanted them mm-hmm. to, so, like, next year, we're, like, we're going to cut back, like, quite a lot on them, because we've lost a fair amount of money, yeah. and, like, but it's, it's knowing, like, but still doing enough to keep us going, you know, we still got, we're booking, like, a really cool American band for next year, <laughs> which I'm, like, really, really excited about, and I want to blow out to everyone, yeah. but I can't, yeah. but, um, yeah, and then, Fortunately, like, if we cut back that stuff because we've just started the record label, like, it's really nice to, like, be going into that in a new chapter. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I don't really think about it. Like, I've only been in Cardiff four years and the amount, like, I've done is, like, mm-hmm. kind of stupid. Like, I've done two festivals, started a record label. I don't even know how many gigs I've done, but it's, it's something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. We put... Uh, the, the mad one is putting Dream State on inside of Goody Hugh. Like that was like the most ridiculous thing I would I've ever done. To see that. that was like the first Pua festival. Yeah, yeah. Like they weren't even headlining. They were like the the second stage yeah, headliners yeah. in inside Gigi, and it was like I just remember watching it with like Cal. I was I'd gotten quite drunk because like, <laughs> I'd, I'd put on my first festival. Yeah. It'd been a very stressful like yeah. year basically building up to it. I uh, just had like this massive release of like, I'm going to get wrecked. And uh, yeah. <laughs> just watching it and just like being like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, how have we done this? And then like a month later, they were like Kerrang Breast Breakthrough. And we're yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, like, selling out club and, you know, playing. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, a year later, they sold out upstairs in a club. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah, and like, I think the last time I'd seen them before, I don't know if it was after Fuwa Festival, but it was in Fuel... And it was like there were three or four other people there. Was that um It's like a December gig. Was know? that like Throwfest? No, it wasn't even it was just a one off gig and oh, I saw that I saw them at Throwfest. Yeah. It was like I saw like them. Oh yeah, I think I remember that because they were on really early and I was Yeah, like, in really fuel. Early. It was yeah. like them and I, I think Junior were after them. Yeah, yeah. Um who who incidentally, so we, we had Junior booked for that slot on the second stage. Yeah. At, yeah. and then Mark had like a wrestling thing so they pulled out and we got Dream State and we were like I, I, yeah. I had yeah. right <laughs> I got a confession I got a secret on the tip of my tongue and it's bleeding wow. you know I got my reasons this suffocating that you can kind of you can replace one band with a, a different band that are kind of you know what I mean like yeah. 
they're it, different different yeah, styles. It was, it was just it was, yeah, it. it was just weird, weird to like have it work out like that. But the, tell you what, Dreamstate were the loveliest people. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of working with um, Reese, um, the guitarist. Like we ended up like meeting up at Art Tangent and having like a drink or two like that year because he he turned up wearing a Delta sleep shirt and I was like. I like you. <laughs> Let's be friends and just like, yeah, yeah. and it's just it's like kind of insane to see like yeah, today they announced like their debut album like that's mad like yeah it's great isn't it and it's and it's kind of one of these bands that you know if it wasn't for the fact they come from Commandant they'd be playing Carlos Musicals next year like for certain because they're so good you know and it's it's yeah I'm like really kind of and my heart warms and it, it goes back to that thing about. Welsh bands and nobody knowing anything and it's like god is it how hard do we have to try to get like it to spread to the right wider kind of scene to- I think it's getting there though like I really do like Holly Ampson's going over to America yeah and they like they were like hands down like the best set of 2000 trees mm. like I'll fight anyone that says that's yeah. not true I mean because I've, like I've they were known amazing Lucas for years and it's like the amount of passion he puts into everything well, I remember when I first came to Cardiff Lucas serving me Jaeger bombs in bunk <laughs> and him like knowing me as like the guy that drinks a lot of Jaeger bombs because I because I did and uh, and then just sort of like I think it's been like quite nice for like I can't speak for him obviously it's nice for me watching him like mm. grow into it and like he, he played my like my dad's venue like about a year ago and that was really cool I was like yeah that was like a big deal like because I talked to him about it I was like that's really cool because like I know this place and like yeah yeah, he's always he's been really supportive of like us and like said really nice things about all the things we're doing and and he's 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 done a lot for Hesper's Waves. Which yes, which is yeah, yeah, the like heads are amazing. Like big love to both Hannah and Side. It but, feels like a lifeline to a lot of people, even if it doesn't. You know, it's just an idea. Like just the idea of it is a lifeline to a lot. Well, of like. People. That's the thing. Like, I'm I'm really heavily involved now, and like help help out with a lot of stuff. And we did an event with these five years, like two weeks ago, which maybe last week, which was like yeah, yeah, hope through creativity and like encouraging people to like and like being able to work with them and stuff. But they've also like Hanno especially has like significantly helped me like through some really really tough times. You know, like the the morning that I found out Scott Hutchinson was died the the place I went was the head shop yeah. and I just sat and talked to Hannah all day and that was like what they do there is amazing and it's like it's it's like such a pleasure to like be able to be a part of it and help them out and like yeah I think it's it's I don't think it's even undervalued I think it's valued in Cardiff and I think it you know I'd like to see it happen elsewhere like in in different things people set up and I think it's such a good example of of the the changing attitudes but also the kind of the passion that goes into helping people. Yeah, and I know, like, both of them make a lot of, like, personal sacrifices to make they it must, work. They must and, like, have to. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, if you listen to this, go down to the head shop and yeah, buy some merch buy some because merch, they're like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's they're not they're not a merch company. They're, a, they're just doing that to kind of make ends meet, yeah. to get that kind of... But by wearing, by wearing that merch, you're spreading the message. Yeah, like, yeah. What's really, like, positive to me is, like, going to other places where they're not there like I, I've been to like gigs in Southampton where people have been wearing heads about the waist merch yeah. and that's like the most amazing thing it's so cool and like when I see one I like it 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 hits something in here because it's like you you know you're not alone and I think that's kind of 
that's been such a consistent thing over the past, you know, five years for me is, you know, since I got diagnosed, you know, I've, I now know I've always had depression yeah. and like as a teenager growing up, I just thought it was just me being a fucking teenager. That's, like everyone that, thinks That's what's is. really hard as well. It's like when I was growing up, I was like 14, 15, like arguing with my family all the time, I had all these issues and you don't yeah. think that, you don't necessarily think that it's a mental health problem. You just yeah. like, you just don't really know because you're too young and then like, when you get diagnosed it's kind of like a oh, okay so that's why that makes like, sense that, yeah because <laughs> like at the time you don't like especially with bipolar you can't make sense of the way you're acting no, sometimes no. and like i'm like i don't really i look back at some of the things i did I'm like why did i do that and i know now because it's because i didn't know how to deal with this yeah. and like yeah yeah i think we're we're in a position now where it's so much easier to talk about those things i i mean but it's still like I have reservations about it. I have reservations about talking with it in a kind of public, it, in a public it, it way. Can, it can be hard. Like I've um, I recently started working a new job and I've like had some issues because I've talked quite publicly about it. I've been on yeah. like, ITV talking about it and like some of the people that work there have like seen it and said to other people I work with to be afraid to work with me because of my mental health and stuff like that, that's which so, is like insane to so me. Horrible. But like it's not going to stop me talking about it no. because like. Well, I, I've always been reserved about it because I felt like, oh, if I go for something and someone looks at me and then someone looks at someone else who hasn't got mental health problems, they're going to go for the other person. Like, and I, because so everything, everything you feel that can hold hold you back is kind of something you don't want to talk about. But at the same time, over these past years, I found that talking about it to other people has helped them and it's helped me. Yeah, and I think that's I, know, really I also think like my my experience with like working with people is like. I don't think that mental health is necessarily something that they, unless you're going for something old, like where they have very old fashioned attitudes, you know, I just think that like, if you're honest with people and you like, so like, when I started working in Labyrinths, I took, I went and spoke to my manager about it and I was like, look, this is what, this is the deal. It's not going to affect me in work. Yeah. This, this is just, just like some things you should be aware of. I might just need every now and again, like once a month or so, I might just need to take five. Yeah. If it gets a bit heated, I might just need five minutes in the back. Yeah. I like that. And like people will just a lot more understanding. <laughs> yeah. These days. I mean, perhaps, but again, I've run into situations where it's kind of like really sucky situations. So, yeah, but I think it's getting a lot better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Like, I think, but, like, the more you talk about it, the easier it gets, I think. There's still a lot of people out there that just don't, from what they see, they haven't come into contact with it and don't know anything about it. But Which actually, is crazy to me. Yeah, but they, <laughs> all it is is they don't realise that they've yeah, been in oh, contact with it. Yeah, yeah, know? of course. Yeah, um, yeah. And, like, because those people that they've been in contact with haven't, haven't talked to them about it, so they don't understand it. And I think... What's encouraging for me is when I talk to people like that about it and, like, I tell them my story, the majority, like, 99% of them are quite, like, positive about mm -hmm. it and quite and just ask questions because they don't yeah, understand. That's, and that's, and like, that's what I found as well with, like, meeting people who... Well, talking to people who don't... Well, may not necessarily have health, mental health problems. They ask a lot of questions because they're curious. And I, th I think that's, like... Or you can ask, really. I think there's nothing wrong with that no. at all. And, like, if you're willing to learn about it, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really kind of positive. And I think, yeah, I think I've only had a few instances where I 
it's maybe not even happened to me, but you know, I've I've heard it from other people where people get treated. Oh, you can just cheer up. It's just like, <laughs> really, 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 come on, oh. yeah. So, but one of your other projects now is this label, which is kind of. I'm very jealous because it's always something I wanted to do. <laughs> and whenever I see someone who works for a label or like starts a label, I'm like, God damn it, I really want to do that. But I've, I, in a sense, like Forte is my label now that yeah. I help out with. So it's kind of like, I do get to do it a little bit. But, you know, how did that idea come about? What was the impetus? Well, like, uh, I don't know. It's always been so, like when I first started like getting into music, I always was like, I'd love to run a label one day. <laughs> just like, just like, kind of like a little like thing to myself. Yeah. Like, and then I came to uni, and um, so like when I started doing it all and doing the gigs and everything, I I had a few nights where I got a bit drunk and like was like, oh, I'm gonna start a label. I'm gonna do this, that, and that. And then Callum, who's my business partner now. Uh, was like the only guy that actually took anything I said seriously yeah. and was like yeah alright then and I was like what and then, so then we started we started off with the festival and then like it was about maybe about this time last year when we first sort of started going we could do it yeah mm. yeah and um, fortunately we had a band like these five years who are absolute gems so we gave them their first like headline show ever in like Goody Hugh not this year like 2018 so yeah. we've only been working with them for like a year and a half now. So we did their EP release show and it went really well. And then they played Power Festival and then we've done like a few other shows with them. Then they did Pure again this year. And yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like, it felt right. And we were just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's throw ourselves into it. And then we did the first single just before in, in April. And that's done really well. I checked this morning. It's on like 40 something thousand streams, that's which is like... Great. yeah. For for like a first go mm-hmm. is insane, and getting on like some major playlists and stuff is like really really like I I I haven't been able to process it yet if that makes sense because I kind of we went into it like oh it'd be really cool if we get like five thousand streams and yeah. then we did that in the first week and we're like huh <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to process when it gets to like bigger numbers because you're like it it just seems so yeah I mean like it's probably gonna hit fifty thousand by the end of this yeah. year which like. In the grand scheme of Spotify is yeah. a snippet. But for, like, a band that, like, previously their biggest one was, like, 4,000. And, like, it's the first thing we've done on the label. The first, like, real go we've had at anything. Just to have that was, like, oh, okay, maybe we are onto something here. I'm emotionless to all your tired judgments just done um, the new single Landing Light that came out like a week or so ago and that's also got on like Pop Punk's Not Dead like the Spotify playlist and like new punk tracks and like all all this stuff and it's like at the same time as I Hope You Know the first song they're both on there and it's like okay so people do actually like this and and that's that's just tipped over 5,000 the other day and like it's just really like I'm still, like, trying to process, like, how well it's kind of going, but I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, and we're signing another band tomorrow. Cool. I can probably tell you who it is. Well, because this will come out. This will come out yeah. after we've announced yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're signing Night Lives. 
awesome so like what i was saying about after the cardiff music awards we yeah. both, both both us and nightlife went to team up and got quite drunk it's like a we'll get them next year sort yeah, of thing yeah. they were they were a bit more drunk than us and just, <laughs> we want to sign on your label we were just like yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and yeah we've ended up like so we're doing uh, yeah no that won't be announced that probably won't be announced by the time it's coming okay, but we're, we're, right. <laughs> we're, we're doing some stuff for them yeah, yeah. so we're starting like we're starting off by the, when we announce we sign them we're gonna be announcing that they're gonna do a monthly club night in metros cool which is like a nice. like a, yeah, a, a yeah. new sort of take on things so that like they're like gonna curate it and like it's gonna be like very like electronic-y like cool mixing but also like incorporating classic metro stuff so it's good i'm really excited about like where it's going to lead us and like Mm -hmm. doing something like really different i think for metros and like tying it all together um and then we'll be doing a gig with them in november which will also be when we're releasing something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, like, you, you kind of... You... Like, I, I want to tell the world. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we're, do, we're doing something that involves vinyl and comic awesome. books. and nice. Oh, my God. And... Oh, um, uh, I'm so jealous. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, like, lots of people are going to, like, this is going to go, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. But to me, that's just, like... Great, I love yeah. it. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> but that's exactly what we were like. Cause like, no, those were like, we want to do this, 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 and this, and we're like, yeah, okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. They just filmed. I think they filmed the last scene of the music. So I'm sure you're aware of like the first music video. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously that was like horror themed. Yeah. And the new one is uh, got a different theme, but it's all like connected. Yeah, they've got some deep like music video lore, which I like, it. I love it. I love it. That, I love like that they came to yeah. us with that, and we were like yeah okay Great. yeah awesome. we're, we're on board and then yeah it's so conducive to like a cult following that sort of kind of thing as well it's like yeah really good idea. Yeah, yeah. i think like oh, yeah i i yeah i but i really think that like both these five years and my lives can like i fully believe that they can do really really well And it's, you know, kind of going back to that whole idea of like, well, what I said about like niche genres, it's very, like you said, them going into that like pop punk category. The uh, Saint Alex is like, oh yeah, like pop punk's making a comeback. He's like, oh, is it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like it's like Junior and like all this kind of stuff. It's like really, because people are just open to listen to anything now and they're not going by fashions or trends. Yeah. It's like, I know I'm gonna to listen to what I want to listen to. Yeah, I don't I, necessarily have to listen to the radio. Yeah, for me, like I'm like, um, we're trying to like pitch these five years to like people who are fans of like bands like the Wonder Years and yeah. things like that because like all their lyrics are very emotional and talking mm-hmm. about that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's just really it's really interesting to sort of see like I think they're really like shocked by all like we're 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 I think the whole like camp is like kind of in shock by everything that's happened, which is like really nice. Um, it's better that than being like, yeah, yeah, I knew this was gonna happen. Yeah, because like we didn't, we had, we had no idea. We, we honestly, we were like, we, we winged the entire release for I hope you know. That was all like everything that happened was like when it was posted on on Facebook. That was like the day that that was decided. Yeah, and like it was like very like on, and then 
Sounds like the total opposite of how I work. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, like, like, because we just decided to do it, and then they they were like, "Yeah, we want to release it in like a month." And we we're like, "Right then, let's 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 get going." And then um, landing light was a bit more organised because we did the event with heads and like mm-hmm. doing all that, and like, and then we got the EP coming at the end of September. Actually, I don't know if I can say that, but I'll, I'll cut it out. It's no, it's fine. <laughs> the, the EP is coming at the end of September. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Like, I'm, I actually don't really like pop punk. Fine. You don't have to like yeah, music you work with, though. I know, but that's the thing. Like, I like these ideas. Yeah. And that's why we sign them. There are I, certain w- bands that, you know, they escape your concepts of, a, of what a genre is. Yeah, I wouldn't really say I like any particular genre. I'd say I like very particular bands. It's like, yeah. it's like I love modern baseball, but then people re- like recommend stuff like um, Free Throw to me, and it just doesn't connect on the yeah. same level. Like It's good, but it's just not I the think, same. And I think people like take different elements of music, what they like and what they like about it. Like For me, there is certain kind of musical sounds that really capture me and it's like or yeah and then there's lyrics as well that can kind of or even voices that, yeah. yeah and it's but yeah for me i'm like when i'm really into like instrumental electronic stuff mm. that's like something like carpenter brute i'm big love of carpenter brute have you heard when i saw the mark tangent and i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> did they have like the horror porn yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was literally and i was like there are kids here what the hell yeah. <laughs> um yeah it was it was interesting um yeah yeah i'm just gonna say that and, and leave it to it but like i obviously my music taste ranges so weirdly because i went from yeah i saw Cody and cambria after that and it was like i love Cody and cambria like that's well, fine like that's this thing for me at trees i was like i'm like i was like very confident i was like i'm one of the very few people here that is going to be really upset by the fact that frank turner while she sleeps are clashing <laughs> like that was that was really hard <laughs> there's for me. clashes that are like yeah yeah like festival promotes like yeah it doesn't matter if they clash and like they and do to me <laughs> yeah it's just like there's people like us that like what the yeah, like, yeah so it doesn't really like when i do festivals now i'm like well we'll try and avoid clashes but someone is still gonna be pissed off that these things are clashing like, yeah yeah no it's hard that's um, great but it, at the same time it's great because it just means that people are more receptive to hearing different, different things stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah no it's, it's, it's definitely like yeah i've got i really like um at the moment i've been listening to loads of sigrid like my my poppy mm. fix at the moment um like before that i was really into lord yeah that, oh that like, like melodrama that was I, i've got that on cd i bought yeah. went into hmv and i bought that <laughs> again you make me feel like really old because i always buy stuff on cd <laughs> but, like, but no i buy i buy i buy everything on cd yeah yeah so but like, you oh as in you went to a, a hmv to buy oh no I, i've i like for someone my age i have a very ridiculous cd collection <laughs> I mean, mine is very badly organised. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, mine, yeah. mine's... Well, I've got all the cases, like, neatly lined up in alphabet, yeah. but everything else is in my DJ case. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, CDJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alphabetical yeah, that, order as well. I've, like. I've banged on and on about Melodrama on the podcast before, so I'm not going to get too into it, but I, de- <laughs> I definitely know what you mean. Um, and kind of the, the latest Carly Rae Jepsen album is 
beautiful. You, you, I had a really like. Uh, in, have you heard of Kundra? Oh, this is the poster thing, isn't it? Because I remember seeing this and being like, why the so, hell did they put Carly Rae Jepsen yeah, so on the poster? Yeah, so Kundra, like, genuinely, hands down, love Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm not surprised. And, and like, like to the point where they, 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 like, we put them on in fuel earlier this year. They turn on outside fuel and they are blasting Carly Rae Jepsen down on Miami Street. But it is and, a really... I, f- they, she's so good. And I was just like... <laughs> is great like that was like an insane gig as well because they managed to blow the power in fuel halfway through their set and just started playing like the wallace and gromit theme tune and like amazing the metal stuff and i was like this is just weird yeah i love bands who are like completely unreserved about like their passions and stuff like that and like one of the most thing fun things to i've the way i've discovered music this summer has been in the car going to gigs and listening to people like have the you know the the orcs chord thing yeah and then like and you just share music like that and I think that's such a cool way to kind of yeah it. I, I I find it really hard because like pretty much wherever I am I pick the music because mm. like well, I live with Callum and like I have all the music on my laptop yeah. so I just stick it on but he'll he'll like request well I have, I have a lot of stuff on there that I've just never listened to because yeah. I've got all the stuff I need for DJing so it'll be like oh can we listen to MCR's first album in fall and I why not like yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. and like they'll be like the first time I listen to it and things like that but and then the rest of the time I'm listening to music I've either like booked it for a show or I'm DJing and I get to pick it so like I've ended up doing a lot of that because of putting playlists on during bands at the moon and it's yeah. like you kind of end up going, oh, I need to get into music more so I can find more stuff to put on for these bands. So yeah. I end up playing stuff that's like really inappropriate. For yeah, I, I, well, I, I've just got like, um, we've got like a Stereo Brain Office Picks like Spotify playlist and we've got everything from like King Khan to Carpenter Brute yeah. to Conjurer on it. Because like, why not? Because like, yeah. that's what we listen to. Yeah, great. Awesome, yeah. I also love King Khan. Like, yeah. Shout out. I'm moonwalking, she pill popping. Baby, I don't need this, you a problem One that I ain't solving, but I'm still involved in Girl, I need my space, so why you calling? Get up out my zone Better off alone Smoke one to the dome I'd rather be at home Yeah, he's Khaled I've known Khaled for, hang on, how old am I again? <laughs> Probably like 10, 11 years now, and like yeah, he's such a nice dude, and we, I'm really, really glad he got him at Hub Festival. I'm really glad he's doing his show and show and club, and like, I'm really, really happy he's kind of got to a really cool place. Well, yeah, we when we booked, I told you I'd eat you to play yeah. Trismore. Oh yeah, they, they were like, we'll only play if, if King Kong supports, and we were like, yeah, because well, so he did. Yeah. He did it. He was on that the song they released with that. Um, they, they did a song with a rap collective, and he's one in that. Oh. Really? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's how like, they met. That's crazy. I just thought they were on the. No, no, no. So. Um, oh, I, he's let's completely didn't tell me about that. Hashtag, that's really it's, cool. It's called like hashtag ko one, okay. and it's like I told you already. Eat you featuring a bunch of like. Oh my god! I have to look that rappers. up immediately. Yeah, yeah like it's, it's so good. It's like the B side <laughs> of a message.
before the late shift. Convince myself that it helped me with my patience. I think I ran out, I don't know how to say this. But I've been better now since you ain't in my places. When it's really weird like, because I get a kind of like that sort of vibe from I told you I would eat you. Like especially the main guy, like they have that kind of that yeah. emo rap kind it's of. It's really interesting talking to them because they're all like really into like the production and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And like, yeah, they're all like, yeah, the next album's gonna be weird, yeah. and I'm like, I'm so here yeah. for it. Like, I generally, I only saw them because because Lex was playing them. I just wanted to hang out with Lex, and I'm like, I watched them. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's well, cool. a great escape. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, no, I think that. I did listen to them before, and I was going, I was like, yeah, no, these. Oh yeah, I love I love that album, and it's on it's on Alkapop and Failure yeah. by Design in it. Failure by Design is Connor from BSM's yeah. sort of project, and they do some really cool stuff. You're yeah. like, whether stay on there. There's such a magnitude of bands out there that I really want everyone to get into, and then I get really disappointed when people are like, "No, not really." Into this. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like that's why I really like that's why me and Callum gel so well is because yeah. he he just like he'll listen to pretty much anything I put on. Like there's a few things he's like, yeah, just no. no, no. And it's all like my he calls it my wank indie pop. <laughs> oh, but like specifically he hates like the male fronted wank indie pop. What kind of So stuff like White Lies and Prides and um like electronic y male fronted yeah. indie okay. stuff basically and he's just like, Yeah, this is shit <laughs> and I'm like, Alright Yeah, I mean that's how I feel. Me and my mate Tim kind of like our music tastes are really, really similar apart from he doesn't he's not well, I say he's not really into his pop. He fucking loves um Love on Top by Beyonce. Bring the beat in. So you can't like really kind of <laughs> say that exactly. But like he loves like Guns N' Roses and lots of classic rock. And I'm like, I hate that shit. I honestly <laughs> like my biggest bugbear in life is the existence of like Guns N' Roses and ACDC. And like more annoyingly, it's like people who are younger than me that come into metros and ask for it. Oh. And I'm like, do you know how old you are? You're like, no, come on. <laughs> it's fine. People can like what they want. And they like, can, they <laughs> can, but they can't make me play it in a club, nightclub. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I'm, my, my fit to a lot of like, my issue with like the alternative scene is it can get really stagnant. Oh, of course. And you oh, yeah, play, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. like my, my thing is if I spend six minutes play that because that's the reality of playing a guns and roses song yeah, yeah, it's, it's six a, minutes yeah, or i could play like two new songs in that time yeah, yeah, yeah. i like that that's like the reality of it and it's really hard to try and explain that to people it's like but at the same time sometimes you've got to give the people what they want but nah see the thing with that, <laughs> no, this, so the thing with the things with guns and roses and acdc and the people that ask for it is I would call it a loud minority of people. Oh, if that makes sense. See, you've got yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got two hundred people in the building, ten of them want guns and roses. Yeah, yeah. Like actively want it. Other people will sing along. Yeah. But like ten people who actively want it and they will not leave you alone for the whole night. And they they all want like the same sort of stuff. I had I had some guy like get really annoyed and roll his eyes at me and like storm off because I said no to playing territorial pissing by Nirvana. Oh and I was like, this is a this is a nightclub, mate. Like that's it, what? I'm, I'm sorry. I like like yeah, I know. Like, like it, smells like Teen Spirit. Yes. In in fine. 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 Great. Come Terrible as you are physics. at the end of the night, maybe. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's but it's funny, like for for DJs like you, and because you have to, there is a certain way, and there's a certain kind of. Although you you do try and experiment, there is like rules. There's kind of 
they're not hard and fast rules but you like i know you bend and break them but like i i so like the thing with me is like i'm always like mixing and mashups and yeah, all that stuff great and like some people love it i'm aware that some people don't yeah um so like with killing in the name of i've heard it so many times yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so i i like f- found like a drum and bass version of it and right. I, and I used, great but because i would be really into that but like I, do, I also have heard killing the but, name but but, it, but it's not like i'm like playing just i'm not just like playing the whole of the drum and bass version yeah. it's what i do is i like use the intro from the drum and bass version drop it into the real version and then use the outro from the drum and bass great. version so i can awesome. mix it and like that. some people will like love it yeah like, i'll be like oh this guy's really like messing it up and then like Almost guarantee there'll be like a stag do who are like 30 who will absolutely hate every second of it and will, because and will stand by the DJ booth and shout at you because it's not what they're used to and it's not that like that's what drives me mad because obviously Metro's been there for so long. Yeah, you get people come in and be like expect it to be the same as it was 20 years ago, and I'm like the world has moved on. <laughs> like as much as like and it's really hard because like you want to like make everyone happy, but you. From my point of view, I'm very conscious that these people are going to be here once a year. This is their one night here a year. And, like, I'll play a couple of odd songs for them, but, like, I want to make the people that come here every week and other reason yeah, that we're still open happy, you know? It's, it's, yeah. it's a very difficult balance. That, no, but that's such a great way of explaining it. Like, the yeah. fact that you wouldn't... <laughs> yeah, like, Team Up, for example, you wouldn't like cater to like 20 guys in on a rugby thing yeah because it's stereophonics the, yeah because, yeah they're in there for one night yeah. like you do a little bit like i'll like if it's like the start if it's like early on and no one else is in yeah i'll do it because then i know they'll spend all their money on the bar because yeah, yeah. you've got to you know but like and there's no one else there but like if if, if they've come in at like 1 1 a.m they're already all trashed and they're not going to spend any money there's no point like yeah, I mean, it's very really, business way. Of it's, it's, it. really, it's like <laughs> it's really difficult to like because obviously that's the thing. I have no emotional connection to a lot of this music, yeah. and like it means I have a very cynical and very like focused view on what I think like should be played yeah. and what what I think should go where. And like I don't have any like issues within myself messing with those songs and yeah, like yeah. mixing them up and like trying. But like I, I don't understand that how people can't get bored of hearing it, the same stuff every week. So I've got to like mix it up. Yeah, I know it does my head in, and I'm I'm thankful for DJs like you. <laughs> we'll try and make an effort, although you know there are certain things. I mean, I got two things to say that that um, one of my favorite mem- memories from Metro's is being in there on like it was like 29th of February or 28th of February, and then going to St Avis Day, and uh, they played. It's the, I think it's the only time in recent history where I've enjoyed listening to Dakota by Stereophonics. Because they were playing it, and my friend was there, who's from Mexico, and she was singing along to it. And I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, you're from Mexico, and yet you know this song because of Cardiff. That's so weird. And then the other thing, I was in propaganda and glam which is fucking this is ages ago now yeah. clearly um and they played a mashup of oasis and prodigy wonderwall and firestarter and it's like that is taking it too far that is no that, that like even even i wouldn't go that far i have i have dabbled in trying to make um 
a Wonderwall um, Budavala Broken Dreams one. Yeah, because they're the same core structure. Yeah. yeah. Great. So, fine. Yeah, I tried. I'd, I tried. I'd, I'd appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I ended, it ended up turning into um, Mother We Share by Churches and Budavala Broken Dreams. Nice. It's like an electronic version. But yeah, now I can make it work. But like, I, I kind of like, I have a lot of time for mashups and like a lot of the time so the, the, the my favourite thing is like playing them and then people being like oh my god where can I get that and I'm like I made it you can't <laughs> like but it's you know I think there is so, there is definitely certain crowds that will go to certain places because they want consistency but then I think you know for me I don't I want to hear something interesting I want like, DJ to surprise the, me there's a certain like level of consistency like there's certain songs you know you'll hear in the night yeah. But my my thing, I'm always trying to mix up when I'm playing them, what yeah. time, what order, how they're right. mixed together. And like that, I think like... There was a certain point where I went to Live Lounge so much to the student that I knew the playlist and I knew what song was coming But next. like, so when I first started in Metro's, there was another DJ there who, uh, who people, it was like that. Yeah. And I used to, I used to do like the first hour on a Wednesday and the last hour on a Wednesday and I used to work on the bar. And it was like I can just I could just tell exactly what it was gonna play every week. Yeah. And like and it's really frustrating when like you you want to be what do what they're doing. Yeah. And <clears throat> doing it in your opinion better. And like <laughs> seeing seeing like that night slowly, yeah. slowly die off because of what this guy's doing. Like it's really strange, like it's a really hard position to be in, like not be able to do anything about it. But now you are? Yeah, sort of, well, yeah. sort of. Yeah, no, sat- <laughs> so, like, the big achievement for me is, like, when I start, start doing Saturday nights, they were, like, the worst night, and now they're the best night. Okay. So, like, cool. that's really cool. So we're trying to do the same with Fridays, but obviously Team Up are giving us, like, some stick competition because they're yeah, it's, awesome. That's the thing about, you know, I, I dabbled in club nights for a while, and, you, and it's hard to step on other people's toes and, like, try and do something to that's not that's competitive, but also, like, not is, isn't, like kind of crossing over yeah. so well that's been... that's like I'm sure Hannah won't mind me talking about this because like we, we're cool and like we get on really well but like when I took over Fridays it was quite because we've been friends for quite a while and like worked together on loads of stuff I think it was like quite difficult for both of us like coming to terms that we were like because like when I was just doing Saturdays and they were doing Fridays yeah. it, like I'd go there on a Friday and I'd drink and like there was no competition Yeah. but then like all of a sudden there was like that that's something there and so I think like come to a point now where we're like past it and stuff but like it can be quite a difficult thing especially when you're competing against friends you know? yeah yeah Def- I definitely recognise that as <laughs> it's just an element of the industry you have to kind of take and hopefully not it doesn't end up in bad blood and I think yeah, I've yeah. definitely seen cases recently where you know two parties are, are arguing and being competitive and it's like oh man there's, there's no need it's for better it. to work together yeah. i think like in the long term like both me and hannah would both kind of like to work to each other at some point yeah but it's waiting for that moment to because yeah. they they obviously probably don't want to come to metros and yeah i'm quite happy in metros at the moment and like you gotta wait for you gotta wait for an, an opportunity to come yeah. up where like you can do something together. Definitely. If there's yeah. an ever a chance for me to have a stereo brain versus met uh, versus team up, no, I'm gonna do it. I feel I feel like I feel like a lot of people would absolutely yeah. love that. That'd be wicked. Um, so I because I DJ trees this year, I'm gonna try and like see if see if we can get team up against me at trees and just do that for, that'd for be the ballot. But. Um, <laughs> Um, that'd be really cool but like I'd love to do it like 
I'd love to do like a, like a big silent disco of like us for like Metro's versus Team Up as like just like yeah. and get all the alternative scene together but like us living in a bit of a fantasy world at the moment but one day hey, one, one day, one day one it'll day. happen um, so I kind of round up the podcast by asking uh, two final questions um, the first one being is there anything you've been listening to recently that's kind of really stuck out for you that you're really enjoying Yes. Yeah. So um, there's this band called Proper who just released their new album on Big Scary Monsters. Like, just dropped out of nowhere. And oh my God, like, yeah. I, it's like one of the most perfect, like, indie emo records out there. Like, so I was obviously massively into Mon Baseball when they split up. And it feels like it's filled a Mon Baseball sized hole in my heart. Like, and that is like a huge compliment. And they're like, I honestly, anyone listen, just check it out. Like the song, the album's named after Wonder Years lyrics. Um, it's got like a "fuck you" to Brand New in it, which is like satisfying from someone that used to love Brand New and like. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> I did a um, I did a podcast with Eddie Clemens, and it was before all that came out, and then we released it afterwards, and he was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. I I took it to see him in London, and all that stuff went yeah. down. But yeah, um, it's called cool. it's, it's been the Rinder writing songs or something, but like, and they made me sad, something like that. But it's a really good album either way, yeah, yeah. and uh, the my favorite song on it's um, yeah. oh curtains down, throwing the towel. It's like the second song on the album, and it's all about like just going for your dreams. And I like it's like it's really connected with me, like off the back of everything like we're doing, like and like everything in my personal life is kind of like it's very like go for it and do what you want, and like yeah, really connected with me recently. for people but it's is there like a record that is your favorite or that possibly had the most impact on your life yeah I, this this one's actually really easy for okay, me cool. uh, midnight organ fight by fred and rabbit yeah hands down is like the most important record to me in like my entire life mm-hmm. um like saved my life on multiple occasions like sort of level of like yeah love for that album and love for that music so yeah, and like um, Modern Leper on the album is like, I think if 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 you ever want to like understand, if you don't have mental health issues and mm-hmm. you want to understand it, listen to that record. Yeah, because it's got such like a truthful and like heartfelt and way to like I don't know I can't describe it, but it just like spells it out so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mon Leper is like such a good like example of someone suffering. A cripple walks amongst you all, you tired human beings. He's got all the things a cripple has, not two working arms and legs. And vital parts fall from his system and dissolve in Scottish rain. Vitally, he doesn't miss him. He's too fucked up to care. And I and I know that song because Julian Baker did a cover of it. Yes. Recently, so. Well, yeah, they just released Tiny Changes, yeah. which is really cool. 
um, the Biffy Clyro cover is really cool as well. Oh, cool. Cool. So, anything else you want to plug before you uh, finish up? Um, <laughs> follow us on all our social media, cool. Stereo Brain Records, Stereo yeah. underscore Brain, whatever. we got a load of gigs coming up. we got, oh, what have we got? We've got Cassells and St. Pierre Snake Invasion at Club, Gender Rolls at Club. Hopefully it's announced by this, but these five years we're going to have for a show. And Night Lives have got a show coming up, but I don't think that'll be announced yet. But that's happening. It'll be really yeah. cool. And also, false advertising. We're having back who headlined the first Pua Festival. They're really cool. And everyone should go listen to them. Um, playing up this weekend. But it's okay, because this will come they, out. Yeah. yeah. This will come out. Are they are playing they? the free night Friday? What, are they at Hub? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm coming down to yeah, LA then. I'm going to do uh, Dune Sound Film, so... Oh, oh yeah. sick. Yeah. But yeah, that's already happened, so don't, don't worry. It won't, won't, won't matter. Yeah. Oh, no, I love it. <laughs> Oh, I love those guys because they're, they're, they're like a really big band for us because they headline like the first festival we did. Oh. So, um, and what else? Yeah, buy, buy. This could all be so easy by these five years when it comes out. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all I've got to yeah. plug. Um, have, have I forgotten anyone? No, I didn't think so. Yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> thanks for coming down. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. So, yeah, thanks to Luke Priestley for coming down and having an interview with me really enjoyed our chat it's nice to get a different perspective on music i kind of do tend to operate in the same circles and we all tend to have quite similar opinions but i like it when someone comes in and you know we go oh, i'm not i don't know if i quite agree with that or someone's got quite different music tastes you know that's the joy of this and you know i can't implore my music tastes on too many other people because i'd have no friends anymore <laughs> Anyway, what's happening with this podcast now? I haven't recorded anything else because, as I mentioned very briefly in the podcast, um, I was doing Hub Festival the weekend after that interview and that took over. I've also been fully invested in continuing my work with the Forte Project and um, other you know lines of work that I do. So nothing has been recorded. I do have a very, very, very long list of people I want to talk to and kind of pinning them down and getting my availability as well is kind of, it's a fine balance to make. But there will be more podcasts. Like I said before, they may be shorter just to kind of alleviate that workload they may be a little bit more focused and less rambly than this two-hour epic that we just done so yeah the kind of the format may change a little bit in that sense i know i prefer longer podcasts because you know there's more to get your teeth stuck into and you can kind of stretch out over longer times and unless i've got someone dedicated working for me editing these podcasts and even then like they wouldn't understand the editing style that i do and and it's uh, it's it's a passion project i think at the end of the day and it's probably my only my last remaining passion project you know i've got to earn an income as well so whether or not these podcasts will be weekly it definitely won't be one next week unless i pull something out of the bag and edit it down in like half an hour or something but uh, if you stay tuned if you subscribe or if you stay tuned to the um facebook i will post up when the next podcast is out and i kind of want to know as well if you are if any of you are interested in just like hearing a solo podcast in that sense i mean me talking about something on my own because i've got a lot to talk about i can talk about things for a long time if you follow me on twitter you'll definitely know that <laughs> so that may be an option in the future if i don't have enough time to record and edit a podcast i might sit down and just talk for about <laughs> half an hour on the subject and edit that down and you can kind of take that as your weekly podcast um i know people like consistency i like consistency but it would be nice to kind of get this back up and running again especially because 
you know, it's something I'm I'm quite happy to do. Um, well, happy to have, less happy to do. <laughs> okay, enough from me. That's been this week's Erratic Control Podcast. Thank you for listening. Definitely subscribe if you have the means to do so and like the page on Facebook. Yeah, and I'll see you next time. Bye.